0: Welcome back to Try Not to Die. I'm your forlorn, fabulist, Noel Preto and I'm here with our marvelous muses.
1: Lisa Condemi, a.k.a. Dito Khmer. Ally to some, enemy to most, buying weird potions from a weird dead ghost.
0: Hey! <laughs> the cypher continues.
1: Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, throw something down, Ash, throw something down. And
2: it is I, Ashley Goodwin, a.k.a. Cora Lacrima. Princess of Gift Cards and Queen of Counterspell. <laughs>
3: Princess of gift
2: It's cards. a long
0: ad lib, but I think it works.
2: Mm, it's, a, it's a
0: slant <laughs> rhyme. <laughs> it? It's really <laughs> slanted. All right, guys, let's jump right in. Side <laughs> That's, it's turned from horizontal to vertical. Flick of the house lights, it's time to begin once more. Last time on MuseMaker's. The episode began with Paolo apologizing for his outrage towards Irato's ruling, an apology no one took seriously. The lady doth protest too much. Dito followed the boys to Cafe Bacanal while Cora spoke with Iconia, the pop star grateful for her heroic actions. That was really cool of you, Cora. The two talked about Paolo and the nature of the competition, Iconia asking to meet up in a practice room after lunch the next day to talk more. Once they did go to dinner, they were interrupted in their meals by the Muses, who wished to join the contestants for some dinner, drinks, and dance. Invisibly spying from the shadows, Korra listened to Urania console Napomene, who seemed distressed over the way the competition was going. Then why do I feel like everything's going wrong? Meanwhile, Dido, after patching up things with Arconia and getting an invite to her meeting with Korra, overheard a conversation between Polyhymnia and Calliope, where the former told the latter that their rules dictated that Hob should be disqualified for being absent from the previous challenge. Please, Polly, it's a party. We're here to lighten the mood. Dito attempted to follow up on this interaction, prompting Polyhymnia to detect his thoughts, the bard guiding her to images of the Lord of Dreams and the three women he had seen trisected. You watch as she shoots up, standing and dropping her plate as it shatters on the ground. Terpsichore noticed that things were getting awkward fast, proposing a dance-off between all the contestants. That's
1: how I always resolve any kind of social tension. Let's just dance, guys. Make a circle,
0: make a circle. Make a circle, make a circle. Proving practice does indeed make perfect, Cora ended up Defeating Paolo in a grand display, winning a gift card to Caron's corner. See what I mean? Faking intoxication, the two headed back to the contestant's floor to investigate everyone's room. Finding Hob had indeed not returned to his room after angrily storming out of the green room, Iconia and Paolo had the most personalized rooms, and Aragne seemingly never spent any time in her room. As they were about to sleep, the two overheard the Pierides talking outside the window, revealing that Hob and now two of their sisters were missing. Keep watch. They have to be here somewhere. The next day, our bards took a trip to Chiron's corner, purchasing quite a haul. After lunch, the two met with Aconia in one of the practice rooms and found out that Paolo had aligned himself with her early, insisting he wanted her to take the laurels and have her wish come true. But you doubt that now. Cora, plagued by questions about her wish, used a one-way sending spell to contact her mother to ask what she should do, and her mother's response? Your wish is for an end to the gods. If they try to stop you, Use the sickle. That night, Cleo's challenge was next, the Muse of History testing them with a game of Jeopardy about their fellow contestants. Through some trickery and some teamwork, Cora and Dito managed to outmatch Paolo, sending Dito to the top, and that's where we are right now. Let's go. That was really good. Thanks. Also, <laughs> Bo <Beau> got eliminated. <laughs> Sorry, (laughs) Bo. Sorry, Bo. In the liner notes. (laughs) (laughs) We return, as always, with your entrance back into the green room, and spirits are high. Though Bo being gone is indeed sad. Paulo lost, and he's clearly trying to play it off. (laughs) What a show, am I right? Dino, that was a nasty trick you pulled out there. And Cora, was that you messing with my buzzer? Uh,
2: I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm just like slowly taking off my makeup with a smirk.
1: You might just have slow thumbs, Paolo.
0: Arachne glares over towards Paolo as she's getting uh, her makeup done. Paolo, admit it. You just got trounced tonight. Iconia chimes in as her hair is being taken down and uh, redone. Yeah, Paolo, quit your whining. I've got no tears left to cry for you and your antics.
1: How far we've come. How far we've
0: come.
2: That was really poetic.
0: (laughs) Thanks, it's a new song I'm working on. Oh, cool. It's clear that he's not happy um, as he looks around the room. Paulo, looking finally over to you, Dito. I suppose I deserve a trip through the raspberry patch. A healthy dose of rousing is good for the craft. But I do think that you all perhaps still have a bit more to learn before you're worthy of Anything? Anything.
1: I'm just happy that I finally got to do Jeopardy because there's no way I'm smart enough to do it in like my realm.
0: Yeah, and you see at this, Paulo kind of sees that the crowd is not even, this is the thing about anybody who perhaps is a bit of a narcissist, they hate when the attention is not on them. And so the fact that you guys are kind of just taking what he's saying and using it to have conversation with each other is infuriating to him. And you watch as he just leaves the green room, leaving you both, Ikonya, and Arachne there, as the production team helps you clean and prepare for the evening. Arachne looks to you, Dito. Pardon my Minoan, but holy shit, that was amazing!
1: Thank you, Arachne. Everyone did really well. That was really fun. Yeah. And good TV.
0: Totally. And Cora, the way you stopped him from messing with Dito with that counterspell? Fucking mint.
2: Someone say I am the queen of counterspell my new spell
0: <laughs> I would say that for sure I'll say that yeah yeah I would say that too yeah right. I mean, everyone nodding with you Cora <laughs>
1: thanks
0: guys shall we trend
1: it I look into camera <laughs> hoping they'll do like a RuPaul's Drag Race hashtag yeah, on yeah. the bottom hashtag, hashtag queen, of queen
0: of counterspells <laughs> <laughs> uh, Iconia looks to all of you shall we celebrate with some beverages and Arachne goes I think I'll pass tonight I don't want to celebrate too early I'll need everything I've got to ensure I can outperform Paolo in the next challenge.
1: Yeah, I'll go for a drink. Me too. Can I kind of like look at Arachne and see if like she has somewhere to be?
0: Why don't we do like our check? favorite check of the season, an insight check?
1: <laughs> like, I don't know, something like, um... An What's the word? What's the word? My head whips towards Arachne, and I read her thoughts perfectly with a five. Oh, no. (laughs) It's not
0: that she's busy. She just is, like, uh, you know, clearly so tired. You don't get a full read from her outside of the fact that she legitimately just is not interested in drinking.
1: Okay. Dito turns to Iconia and Korra. Green juice.
0: <laughs> Green juice. With vodka. <laughs> With vodka. It's a perfect drink. You all, sans acne, head to Cafe Ew. Bacchanal. Kale and vodka.
2: It's like
1: a Bloody Mary,
2: except for it's like missing
0: all of the good parts slimy of a Bloody Mary,
1: Mary. I guess. I don't know. It's called. I've called it a Bloody Shrek.
0: A pesto Mary. I don't. You guys all enter into Cafe Bacchanal, um, which you see is, again, it's sparser now that so many have been eliminated, but they do populate it with a number of servants who are there both to serve and also kind of take their break. Um, and you see Dion uh, looks and waves to you all as you kind of goes, three dirty Shreks, please. Uh, and you see he starts to make uh, green juice and vodka drinks for you all.
1: <laughs> a dirty Shrek. That's <laughs> so nasty. Hashtag
0: dirty Shrek. Because it's
1: like <laughs> kind of brown. Oh. <laughs>
0: and, you know, I mean, the kale obviously very quickly stops being green. <laughs> I
2: hold mine up for a cheers to
1: Paolo getting out of our swamps. Tank.
0: Cheers to that. Tink. You guys all clink your glasses and begin to drink.
1: Um, With Arachne not here and Paolo not here, as we tank, as soon as we've all taken a sip, I kind of look around at Iconia and Cora and say, well, do we think this is it? Our final three?
2: I sip
0: It's so thick.
1: How's the Shrek? It's goopy.
0: (laughs) That's the best part.
1: You might want to have them remake that.
0: (laughs) Quick, finish it in a shot and we'll do another.
1: (laughs) It's so thick. Oh, we all chug really hard. I'm making (laughs) strategic icons.
0: I
2: do two gulps and I can't. I stop. Dito,
0: a fresh one is immediately served to all three of you.
1: I didn't didn't know if I was going to order. Thank you, Dion.
0: <laughs> you're very welcome. If you guys need anything else, I'm here. Just water, please. Sure. Serves you up a glass of water. Gives you all water, in fact, seeing that, that you're beginning to match the shade of the dirty Shrek. <laughs>
2: um. Yeah, maybe final three.
0: Yeah, I'm down for that. I think we all deserve it out of everyone here. No offense to Arachne, I just think that This game is a little bit more than just hiding out wherever she's been hiding out. She's
1: really talented, but I don't quite know if I can trust her.
0: She is pretty sus.
2: There's definitely a darkness that I see um, in Arachne, and I've never really seen or gotten a chance to get much closer to her.
1: Should we go spy on her? I mean, it's coming down to it. We've got to make sure that we have all the knowledge that we need before we go into these final rounds. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: So are we gonna, like, sneak out or something?
1: How sneaky are you, Akonia?
0: I'm, like, super sneaky. I mean, like, you guys never caught me going to Apollo's room, so...
2: Why? Would you do that?
0: Um. Don't tell she, me, actually. <laughs> she looks at you like, didn't we already discuss this? And then goes, yeah, never mind. Um, But are we doing this? Or do you guys, like, what's the deal?
2: Can we get something to eat? <laughs>
0: Yeah,
1: let's eat. Let's eat.
0: You guys enjoy the buffet. Um, of course, the conversation kind of steers away, br- albeit briefly, from the competition itself, um, and you get to talking about your lives and how the competition has been going. Not from a like strategic standpoint, but from a like, can you believe this happened? Um, I can't believe Apollo got so many answers wrong. Like, just at, just enjoying your time together, three people who are peers rather than competitors.
2: So, Iconio, what's your life like back um, where you're from?
0: It's pretty glamorous, but as I said, you know, at lunch today, it can be a bit stressful. There's a lot of pressure to be like the perfect little princess, and I just don't know how much I want that anymore.
1: Yeah, you could always try acting.
0: Whoa, singer turned actress? Has that ever been done?
1: maybe use musicals as a bridge
0: oh my god I love musicals I once dated a guy who was the lead in a musical actually
1: that actually sounds pretty (laughs) wicked (laughs) um sorry guys I'm getting um an email from Ariana Grande's
0: manager to cease and desist (laughs) (laughs) oh
4: my god yeah
0: I think if she ever did find this podcast and we made enough money off it, she might be like, hey, I don't like this.
2: (laughs) In which case, I'm sorry, Ariana. Hey, you said my ponytail was messed up in one episode, and that wasn't cool.
0: I don't want to fast forward anything, Mm -hmm. but is there anything you guys think that you would do at this dinner, or is there anything you would want to do before sneaking out, if that is your plan, return to your rooms or something like that? We're just sneaking over
2: to the Hortus Elysium to kind of like, Spy, right?
1: Yes, I was gonna say let's make some kind of plan. I mean, we kind of know a little bit the layout. We got like a look at her children. I have darkness. I also have um, uh, sleep. If we needed to like put some little baby spiders to <laughs> sleep or something, mm-hmm. as we're going through. I don't really have. I don't have um, pass without trace.
0: Mm, neither do I. I've been told that I'm pretty suggestive and. That I have a calming effect on people, but I don't have anything that, well, you know, I'm kind of a powerhouse, so most of my abilities have been manifesting as um, physical, like, attacks, if I'm being honest.
2: I can make someone invisible, or myself, depending on who's the least stealthy
1: that's amazing I was going to say uh, how stealthy are you Cora Dito is um, super sneaky
0: conia probably the least sneaky out of all of you she she thinks that she's sneaky because of the aforementioned sneaking into Apollo's room but mm. you also uh, <laughs> like also know that you could have just not been paying attention or you know in a Cora's case sleeping so
1: Mm -hmm. we could invisible Ikonia and I could guidance you Ash on uh, your stealth checks Mm. it could be like a chain I love it I think
0: that that plan works um, perfectly Dito if you were to be the one concentrating on guidance that would allow uh, Korra to concentrate on invisibility and so long as Ikonia doesn't cast any spells or you know do anything that would be considered an attack she will remain invisible and get advantage on her stealth checks
1: And I have a minor illusion, if we ever needed to, um, you know, distract anyone, we have Penis and Reggie, so I think we're pretty equipped. Yeah. As you
0: guys are kind of finalizing this plan, you hear a fluttering of wings as one of the magpies lands on the bar counter with you all. And you see Dion goes like, Zankaris, please no birds on the table and (laughs) you see this little so unsanitary (laughs) this magpie who's clearly been um in a bird bath recently kind of flickers off and then hops onto the chair nearby (laughs) dick moves (laughs) sankaris it's sankaris um
4: good evening uh contestants congratulations on another successful challenge we hope that you've enjoyed your food and drinks The muses have asked that when you are finished, you head straight to your rooms and, uh, remain there for the evening. It is no secret that there has been some suspicious activities in recent days, and while we continue to investigate, we hope that you will respect this directive to avoid complicating matters
0: further. Uh, Econi goes, what? Thank you for letting us know. Yeah, sure. Uh, and you see, again, like, Akonia, like, looks to you guys as... It, it's, like, very obvious if looking at Econia that she's like, what the fuck? Like, we were about to start sneaking out, and you're about to tell us we can't.
1: Is everyone all right? Is this about Hob? Um.
0: Give me a persuasion check.
3: Uh,
0: good help action? Yeah, what What do you say in order to help um, Dito in this?
2: Yeah, uh, we're just so worried about him, and, um... We're fairly upset he was our friend.
0: Yeah, like we could help look even if you wanted.
1: I'm re-rolling. I rolled a two. I have a plus seven, but that would only make a nine. My second roll is another nine. (laughs) I rolled two twos.
4: Uh,
0: You see that this magpie kind of blinks its black eyes and goes...
4: I'm sorry. It's just for your safety. I'm not allowed to speak about um, the matters that's going on in production, but we appreciate That's fair.
1: You're the messenger. You're the messenger. Yes. I also, I have some dirty Shrek on my mouth, so that's not like making me very persuasive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Konya also has like a dirty Shrek mustache. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> a Shrek sash. <laughs>
0: What have we created? Um, Gross. Uh, uh, with that, this uh, magpie uh, flutters off back into the manor. Oh,
1: actually, actually, um, could I... Um, wait, turn it back around. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, what can I do? What can I help you with? If we're um, not going anywhere tonight, I look at Cora and Iconia like, we're going somewhere tonight. <laughs> I just wanted to ask uh, quickly, maybe I should have asked this um, earlier in the process, but is um is time passing normally in our worlds? In our other worlds? Oh,
4: uh no. This realm actually exists in a sort of um how do we put this another plane of existence. So time passes much differently here than in the material world. Okay. In fact, the timeline itself is a bit it's hard to explain, you know, a fourth dimensional look at reality. But I would say if you could picture all of time and space as a line slowly growing larger as more time passes, the muses are able to look back at that line and pluck individuals from it for the competition.
1: So Benjamin is drawing this on a napkin for me, Interstellar style. Yeah, you you see, <laughs> folds a napkin in half, puts the pencil through. <laughs> through
5: it, like this, sir. You remember
0: that incredible film Interstellar that you got stoned and saw with your friends?
1: Oh, yeah young timothy chalamet
0: who was in that she's
1: the son okay got it i was just wondering if you know i had missed my rent payment or something so that's fine i guess dito thinks about the fact that he will like have to just pay rent have to
4: to his <laughs> life. Uh, no you'll be able to drop right back in where we left you and um uh, you know return to your life if that's what you choose
1: great Thank you. That was all I was wondering.
4: All right, if you have any other questions about the physics of space-time or this reality, just let me know.
0: (laughs) Flutters off.
1: Thanks. That
0: That bird was, was like, really smart. Yeah, like, what the fuck?
2: (laughs) Whoa. Listen, guys. Interesting. I don't know if I want to sneak around. I can't let anything jeopardize my standing in the competition.
0: That's fair. I do think it is a little risky now that they've said that. Maybe
2: we can do some sneaking tomorrow?
0: I think it probably sounds like it's just for the evening. I mean, we could still do it tonight if we think it's... I do worry about Hob, if I'm being honest.
1: What, so you saying you think they were only saying for a specific amount of time?
0: Uh, yes, it sounds like, based on the phrasing, that it was like, for the night. Kind of like, after you're done with your food, please return to your rooms, rather than go out and explore during the evening.
1: Mmm. Dido messages, Cora and Iconia. Isn't it a little odd that we were just talking about spying on Arachne um, and then there was an announcement that we shouldn't go exploring.
2: Yeah, it really drives home the fact that they're literally always listening to us.
0: Oh my god, they're always listening? Yes. Fuck. Uh,
2: yeah. (laughs) Anyway,
1: um, I don't know. Dito, what do you think? I wanna go.
0: If we all go together, they can't get rid of us all.
1: That's true. Are they going to eliminate all three of us and just have it be between Arachne and Paolo? Well, actually, maybe they would do that since they fucking love Paolo. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I don't know, guys. Uh, Maybe. Mm,
1: I could uh, disguise myself as a crew member and lead you two around, or maybe one goes invisible and I lead the other person around. And then if we're run into, you know, I can just say, oh, I found this one. Um, lost and I'm bringing her back to her room yeah you know?
0: and I have some sp- spellcraft that I might be able to use you know again I can be very persuasive so
1: um, actually at higher levels I can
2: invisible two people
0: mm. if I do my
2: invisibility at a third level or higher So you could do
1: you and Akonia and I could just disguise myself as a PA or something
0: not a bad idea
2: that would make me feel a little bit better, but since they're watching us, do you think we can fake, like, go to our rooms and then I can...
1: Yes, for sure. I'll collectively go to our rooms and then come out, <laughs> emerge.
0: Cool. Uh, you see Dion, who's been just, like, polishing a glass in front of you guys, and goes, Are you all right? You're all very quiet right now.
1: We're just enjoying the beverages.
0: Yeah, this is, like, the best Dirty Shrek I've ever had. Mmm, water. Water.
1: You got it right by the third time, Dion.
0: Thanks. I've actually never made one of these before, so I was a bit nervous when you asked for it. (laughs) 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 Um so you guys are gonna head back to your rooms if I'm am, am I getting that correct? Yeah. Okay.
1: We'll just... I want to see how much money I have <laughs>
0: waiting for me. <laughs> uh, so the three of you, after a bit, you know, trying to play it off like you weren't just scheming, you can return to your conversation, you finish your food, you finish your dirty Shreks and your water, uh, respectively, and then you make your way back to your bedrooms, the quiet mountain air blowing through your arched window as you enter. Uh, Cora, you take your shield off your back and place it by your bed. You still have to come up with a command word for it, but you have some time. You see 150 gold pieces placed on your bed for you, just adding to your pile. And Dito, you enter into your room and you find a whopping 600 gold pieces on your bed. A victory well, well earned.
1: I have 999 gold. Ooh!
0: Ooh. Gotta round that out. Uh, as you kind of are, like, counting it and, like, putting it in various coin purses, Penis speaks in your mind. Fantastic work, sire. Pardon the pun, but it has been a dream working with you these past few days. Watching you come into
5: your own, it makes me proud to be the tool by which you wield your creativity.
1: Thank you, Penjaman. i am I think Dito is not used to someone, like, uh, complimenting him so much and there being no, like, ulterior motive. Um, But he's just now kind of starting to, like, understand that maybe Benjamin isn't, like, a crazy suck-up or something. Like, maybe Benjamin actually just (laughs) likes Dito and is being nice to him. Thank you, Benjamin. It's really nice to have the encouragement.
0: Of course. You are a very talented young man, and I hope that you, at least by the
5: end of this, see that.
1: Penis, you are connected to my mind and my mind only, yes?
5: Yes, I
0: am only connected to the mind of the individual who possesses me. I may return to the dreaming and the many minds connected to it once
5: you are finished with me.
1: Tell me more about that dreaming space. Is there a lord there?
5: Yes, the lord of dreams... Well, he is a powerful figure. I'm not supposed to speak of him. It's
1: Why not?
0: Give me an insight or persuasion check.
1: I will do persuasion. <sighs> not one.
0: <laughs> There's a beat and then Penis replies kind of hesitantly. More importantly, you should be focusing
5: on you and what you need to succeed.
1: Well, what do you think the Lord of Dreams wants with a contestant of musemakers? I mean, is he just a patron of the arts? If I'm just supposed to go back to my normal life after this... I mean, (laughs) how am I supposed to go back to my normal life after this, with all of this? Um,
0: and there's a sort of switch kind of a change in Penis, if you will, as if he strategically takes a moment to plan out what he wants to say. Let me ask you, Sire. Have you always had trouble sleeping?
1: Yeah, ever since I was a kid.
5: Dreams cannot exist
0: without rest. Sure, they can be planted during the day, but night is when they
5: grow.
1: So, you're saying the Lord of Dreams wants me to get my solidate.
5: I suppose yes. The Lord
0: of Dreams would like nothing more than for you to find rest.
1: Okay, we'll see later, I suppose.
0: And with that, there's a little knock on your doorframe as Iconia peers through the curtains. Are you ready?
1: Yes, I think maybe um, you should wait in your room. Cora can turn herself invisible, come into your room, turn you invisible, so that no one sees anyone, like, going in or out of a place that they don't emerge. Does that work?
0: Uh, yeah, sure. I'm cool with that. I'm going to bed. Good night, everyone. <laughs> you see Econia turns around. Good night, Econia.
1: <laughs> I worry about the acting thing that I planted <laughs> in her head. <laughs> mm. <laughs> thank god she has the voice of an angel
0: <laughs> Cora, you prepare the invisibility spell just a slight uh, kind of almost dance-like gesture, bringing your art into your magic as always
2: hey, it's me, is it cool if I cast this on you now?
0: yeah, I'm like right here behind the curtain, just tap, tap me I'm here okay, yeah, I hear you Um, I consent, you can turn me invisible
2: okay, uh Okay. Here, here we have. Here we have it. Here. Is it
0: always like this? Is this part of the spell, or?
2: Um. Yep. Uh, here, now you're invisible.
0: <laughs> oh shit! Uh, <laughs> she's invisible now. Um. The two of you creep over to Dito.
1: Okay. Uh. Dito will transform himself into um, another sater with a clipboard. His preferred <laughs> form. Of My preferred mode. gender. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I will also, I will still be um, trying to be very sneaky and not get caught because I don't want to be seen coming out of my room if possible.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, everyone give me a stealth check. Uh, Cora and Ikonia get to roll with advantage. Natural 20 for Ikonia. Nice. Mm, just a
1: 13 for Dito. Okay.
2: 24.
1: I am just going to keep um, concentration on resistance actually for ashley so that if at any point you have to do a concentration saving throw for invisibility like if we're hurt by something um then you get to add a d4 to that rather than adding to our stealth rolls i think all right thank you i also rolled a 24
0: you sneaking behind Dido, who is clearly in disguise, make your way down from the bedrooms through the memocene Manor, passing by the various petroglyphs and massive columns detailing the various arts and the muses who preside over them, making your way down the grand staircase and into the gardens, the Hortus Elysium spreading out beyond to the walls. It is, as always, beautiful, lush, full, and as you go deeper and deeper into it, creeping as slowly as you can, it becomes more and more overgrown. It starts to dawn on you, kind of thinking about what the PRD said about like space-time here, that as you kind of move into it, it really is almost like a world within this world. Like, it can be seen from a distance, but you've never necessarily noticed like the patch where you saw Arachne's spider webs, like if you were looking out from a high surface, like you never were like, Oh, that's a massive patch of spider webs there. Or at least if there was, it was much more hidden than you would expect it to be based on how much you saw. And so you kind of feel like you're creeping into a space within a space as you move deep, deep, deep within the Hortus Elysium. You begin to realize that the spider webs that have coated one small section of the space have definitely begun to spread further and further. It's subtle at first, growing steadily more and more common, woven into the trees, the flowers, the bushes. It's not too hard to navigate, but you do find yourself occasionally having to push through some of these webs as you go deeper. Small spiders skittering along in the darkness. You're getting closer now. Step by step, careful not to disturb your surroundings too much. You duck under another coated archway of ivy and cobwebs to see the den, the pathway, where Reggie and Penis saw the nightmare's tapestry. Do you want to go deeper?
2: Can I do a perception check to see if Hob's like stuck in the webbing anywhere? Yeah, give me a perception
0: check. It's only a ten.
1: I'm just keeping my eyes peeled for Hob. I will take a look as well.
0: Okay, give me your perception check.
1: (gasps) Natural 20, yes!
0: (sighs) You all peer down this long tunnel of cobwebs nestled amongst all of these bushes and overgrown trees. You don't see Hob, you don't see anything that you would assume to be Hob, but you do sense movement deeper in these cobwebs, and you do get the sense that if Hob were to be anywhere still on this campus, he would probably be in here.
1: I have a weird feeling that you're right. Let's press deeper. Okay. This way? Every minute when resistance is falling, I'm just like blindly reaching my hand out to touch Korra's uh, invisible shoulder.
0: That was me this time. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> sorry, okay, you can act it right tapped. now, I guess. <laughs> Thanks. Um, everybody give me another stealth check. That's a 21 for Akonya.
1: 18 for Dito.
0: That is an
2: 8.
1: As Dito sees, like, the rustling of branches and leaves around Korra getting a little bit too obvious, I think Dito, knowing that tonight he is going to try and attempt to actually sleep through the night and get... Uh, some of his bardic inspirations back, I will give uh, Cora my last bardic.
0: (sighs) Cora, go ahead and roll.
1: A d8. D6 for me, unfortunately. Less bardy than you.
0: In total, it will
2: be a 14.
0: Even though you're invisible, you can't help but feel exposed. Step by step. Careful not to disturb your surroundings too much, you duck under another coated archway and see the full den, where this nightmarish tapestry has been created. Intricately woven in multiple layers to create a three-dimensional effect, you again see the story of Arachne, a weaver from a small town renowned for her work, the trial between her and the gods, her loss and the curse that followed, centered around this twisted self-portrait An undeniable sinister aura emanating from the scene, only magnified when you notice three large bundles of webbing hanging from the web that creates a ceiling above you.
1: What is that? I message everyone.
0: I'm gonna fucking throw up. Three.
2: Interesting.
0: One of them is. Hob shaped. One of them is definitely larger than the others. The two others are much smaller, but I mean, if you were looking at a spider web and you saw that it caught and wrapped something up, those things are tiny you're t- like those are bugs. The three bundles are far larger than that. Two of them are basically the same size. I would say like soccer ball size, and then the last one is definitely i would say hob sized. I'll say with that natural twenty you got on a perception check. Dito, you instantly think that that is the case. And the more you look, the more you begin to see these clusters of webbing that you realize were likely once living creatures.
1: Uh, okay, first I will glance around us and make sure that there isn't an ambush about to happen. I'm suspicious of this open space.
0: Give me a perception check.
1: Just a seven on my look around us.
0: I'm also gonna do that. Okay. 18. Dito, you look around and can't shake that feeling that you're being watched, but you don't see any sort of source outside of the tiny spiders that move through these webs. Cora, as you look, you see much larger shadows within the webs. Quite a few. And as you're looking around, you hear a voice cut through, coming seemingly from everywhere. A voice far more confident than you've heard it before. Stable in a way that implies longevity rather than a short-term shift in ego. Do you like my work? They told me I was too proud, but I think we can agree my feelings of superiority are not unfounded.
1: Holding my clipboard, (laughs) I look around and I say... Sorry, they just, um, sent me out here to get your, um, meal preference for the final night. Salmon or steak? (laughs) 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 Um, neither. Vegetarian?
0: Also, I know that you're not alone. My webs detect that there's another one with you. I'm surprised production is visiting me this late in the evening.
1: Just making sure you got the memo that no one is to leave their rooms tonight.
0: I suppose that means you as well. And you begin to feel spiders crawling up onto your shoes.
1: No. (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) I actually don't, Noah.
2: (laughs) If I I move closer to the hob-shaped web... Uh, do I notice that anything happens to me with the spiders and shoes and stuff like that?
0: You just shift slightly and see that they have already begun to crawl up you as well. The passive perception of Arachne is 15. Damn. You rolled a 14.
2: Just below it. Just Eh. below it. Well, in that case, I... Hold concentration so that Iconia can stay invisible and I come out of invisibility in order to cast Armor of Agathis on myself.
0: <sighs> These shadowy wisps begin to burn off of Korra as she flickers into reality. <gasps> oh. Korra, what a surprise.
2: What are you doing
0: in here? Preparing. For what? You see the web tapestries waver slightly, movement large enough to cause them to flicker and shiver. You know that she is somewhere around you, but you're not sure where. And you hear her voice growing closer as she speaks again. Don't you wonder why we were chosen? Why we're here? Yeah, I mean, I think we
2: both wonder that all the time. Me and production... (laughs)
0: The way you said that was very strange. Can you roll a deception check for me?
1: (laughs) Uh, I think at this point, seeing how serious this is, Dito lets the disguise melt away, feeling like he's not really going to be able to hide things from Arachne.
0: My deception check was really good. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> she does seem to believe Cora, but then Dito, you kind of do get that there really isn't any. Doesn't seem like there's any help here in you being production. She doesn't seem here. to be like.
1: I can do it again.
2: I'm, I'm gonna to- <laughs> tell. I'm gonna tell the EP if you t- if if you harm me, we will litigate.
0: And you point over your shoulder at Dito, who now transforms back into himself. Dito, you're here too. Now that is convenient.
1: Isn't it just?
0: I believe I was chosen for this season for a few potential reasons. Entertainment. A cursed contestant looking for a cure is undeniably a story people want to see. But I believe there is another reason. They want to make an example of me. Unfortunately for them, they underestimate what I'll do to get what I want. And a shiver runs down your spine as this prickling feeling tickles the back of your neck. You turn, no one's there, but the voice is closer. Tell me, if either of you win, what will you wish for?
2: You know, we've been asked this question a lot, and I don't think it's important, and I don't think you really want to know.
0: I can't tell you how wrong you are, Cora. If you would like to leave this place, then I need to know that you won't be in my way. It's far more convenient for me to take you out here, and now.
2: You know you're being watched, right? I do. And that doesn't bother you?
0: I've managed to keep something secret. Taking those who find my home, and you look to the two smaller webbed bodies mm, and think of the two pierities that are missing.
4: How dare you hurt them? They're so small! <laughs>
0: the birdies! <laughs> I won't be telling you my wish. What about you, Gito?
1: For a while, I thought I would just, you know, probably wish for a couple million dollars so that I, like, don't have to work a minimum wage job anymore, could maybe actually have some time to focus on my art, then I was like, holy shit, a wish spell. Um, I could probably just, like, give my whole world food and, like, basic income. So, you know, I'm still really thinking strongly about something like that. But, um, depending on what I learn here tonight, that could change. Arachne, I don't think Cora or I have any ill will against you. It seems like... Your qualms are with the Muses, not Hob or the Pierdis, unless you have information that we don't. In which case, uh, we're happy to listen. We can even work together.
0: Now you're thinking.
2: <sighs> this could be the final three, and I kind of like look over at Dito.
1: This could be it. I mean, Paolo and Iconia aren't here.
0: Give me a deception check, both of you.
2: It's a twenty-eight.
1: Twenty-one.
0: The webs quiver once more, and you look up and see, pulling through the ceiling of webbing above you, Arachne's face, this wild eagerness in her red eyes, us in the final three. An interesting proposal. I do not want to bind you here. Too many missing at once. Suspicions are already high. If I need to, I will keep you here. But if you agree to stay out of my way, to ally yourself with me and work with me to take down Paolo so that I may get my wish, well, then I don't have any problem with you continuing to compete.
1: And confirming your wishes just too. And the curse and return to your former
0: form? I thought that you would be thinking, Small. No, I will wish for the gods to no longer exist. I will wish for their death.
2: Cora's heart starts to pound.
0: Dito, you think that they would let you win with wishes like feeding the world? Universal basic income. Universal basic income.
1: UBI Taxes works very well in Canada. <laughs>
0: <sighs> I don't know what Canada is.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> I'm wounded. <laughs>
1: neither do i if
0: we let the gods exist they still rule over all they still make the final decision on anything you wish for food to be plentiful you enter into the domain of the gods that look over food that look over agriculture that look over plant life that look over everything if they exist then there is truly Always going to be someone gatekeeping freedom and choice.
1: Do we have all of those things without them? If the god of produce dies, you know, are there no more Chiquita bananas?
0: We won't know unless we make it reality.
1: What? That's a huge gamble, Arachne. What if everything just ceases? What about the god of oxygen?
0: (laughs) Econia going, is there a god of oxygen?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, the god of the air. I don't, I don't know. I just... Is every god so bad? What. What if... Maybe you're thinking too big.
0: The gods exist because we believe in their existence. Dreams exist because we make them real. If we... <laughs> I'm starting to think you're never going to understand. You see more of the webs quiver and move larger shadow shift in the background.
1: No, I-, I want to.
0: A system, a world, reality built upon pain, control. it will always be doomed to spiral back into itself. In order to change everything, we need to destroy it first.
2: Cora is just like panicking and hearing her mother's words in her head. Well,
1: I think Dito sees that it's truly dangerous here to disagree any further with Arachne, but is also panicking and thinking that without the Lord of Dreams, if he's a god and giving Dito his power, then Dito is just an ordinary human without that.
2: Um can Cora do a perception check to see if like the little the balls of web are breathing or like if they're even if they're alive in there or not
0: yeah you can give me a medicine or a perception check that's just a nine if there is any movement it's far too faint for you to see
2: listen arachne i promise to ally myself with you but you have to let hob and the Pierdies go once this is all
0: over i'm afraid i can't do that
2: are they already dead
0: the Muses told us at the beginning of this season that our powers would grow here. Paulo is far more powerful than any of us, but I can use my craft to ensnare and drain the magic of those who fall into my web, take their power, and become strong enough to face him. If I let them go, well, I'd be no match for Paulo.
1: Can I try and message Hob? point my finger and say, Hob, are you in there?
0: You message Hob and don't get any response. But that could just be because he's unconscious and not able to respond to the spell consciously.
1: I do the two PRDs as well, just shooting out messages, seeing if I get any kind of anything back.
0: The first, nothing. But the second, an incredibly faint
1: Help me. Arachne, what if we found a way to lure Paolo back here and put him in your web? That power would be immense, surely, and then you could let Hob and these innocent birds free.
0: Give me a persuasion check.
1: Okay. It's only a 14 on persuasion.
0: If the biggest player in this game goes missing, there's no doubt that production will stop. That there will be no chance for me to win the wish. No, I have to play the long game.
2: So let us play it with you.
0: I'm going to need you to do one last deception check, unless you think that you are legitimately going to do this plan. If you think your characters are like, okay, like, I think this is the only way we're going to do this, then you can use persuasion. But if you think that you're lying to just get out of there, you could use deception.
2: I'm going to use deception.
1: Dito will also deceive, concerned about making A gambit as big as killing gods. Nineteen.
2: Is this going to be like a combined check? What did you get? I got a sixteen.
0: Okay. I rolled an insight check for Arachne. She adds two to wisdom. She got a nine. If you promise not to cross me, if you promise not to act against me in any way, and support me and help me win the next challenge, then I will let you go. And we can all work together to take down Paolo and win the wish.
1: We'll get you there.
0: I nod. Ikonya says, yeah, but because you nod, uh, it kind of almost looks like you said it, <laughs> Cora. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Aconia, please. I message. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well we'll just um <clears throat> let you and your um <laughs> I kick many spiders off of my legs. Children, um enjoy the rest of your evening. <laughs> Sorry we had barged in.
0: Good night. You watch as she pulls back into the webs, her red eyes fading into darkness.
2: We should exit.
0: You guys begin to back up, first slow and carefully, and then quickly making your way out of this horrible den of spiders. And Econia follows.
1: Satyrified again.
0: Satyrified. Pff. Cora, you'll have to recast Invisibility, but you guys are still in the Hortus Elysium as you flee from this spider web encoded scene. I'm going to stay
2: as is, actually, and I'm going to uh, message Um, Dito and say pretend you're bringing me back to my room like I'm in trouble or something
1: yes I lead Cora um, as if I found her sneaking down back to the bar or something
0: everybody give me stealth checks just standard stealth check
1: dirty Shrek 20
2: (laughs) (laughs) super dirty Shrek natural 2 actually
0: an 8 you head up the stairs come
2: on I just want to have another dirty Shrek (laughs) give me
0: a deception check Cora I'm really good at those.
1: (laughs) We're out of kale. They said you totally drank them out of kale.
2: (laughs) That's a 34.
1: I don't. I need so much fiber
2: in order to compete. You don't understand. You
1: should eat. There's very little fiber in the juice, the fiber is in the. The, it's a, the no, cells it, of the plant. I
2: like mine when it's smoothie, like like the consistency of the smoothie.
1: Oh well, if you blend it up, that, that's plenty of fiber then.
2: Am I doing good? What
0: do you think?
1: You're doing amazing. If only we had done that well with Arachne.
0: <laughs> you guys make your way back into <laughs> the Mavissey in Manor.
1: <laughs> Those cocktails were foul, and I get to choose what we drink tomorrow.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. I already feel incredibly sick. <laughs> you guys, like, head back into your rooms, but um, still invisible, you see that Econia kind of sticks by your room, Dita. And you could technically message Cora if you wanted to, like, through the walls to mm-hmm. communicate together.
1: Right, I am, like, pointing at her curtain.
0: <laughs> having, like, telepathic conversations through the walls. <laughs> Econia goes... That was fucking crazy. Like, what the fuck?
1: Yes, that was crazy. And I'm very concerned that this means that you are the next target. Arachne doesn't seem to think like she can just take Paolo out in a normal competition. It seems like she thinks it's going to go to the finale and we don't want you to go home next. What, What do we do?
2: We all have to use the next competition to gang up on Arachne regardless of what we said we would do like we have to she has to go down this next one or else she's going to come after us
1: what do you think about killing god's cora
0: yeah how do you feel about god killing
2: cora <laughs> like inside cora's head she starts to realize the position that she's in and the similarities between arachne and her or her mother's wish and that these these guys don't even really understand where Korra comes from so I think she kind of feels a little vulnerable and wants to discreetly put a wall up I guess I don't I don't see why you would need to kill all of the gods um but She must have been so very hurt to think this way.
1: And, like, do you think that the muses are included in that? I mean, they kind of just seem like normal women. I mean, not normal. They're powerful. But, well, we've seen that they seem to be under duress as well. I don't know if they deserve to be just mindless victims in this.
0: Everyone give me a... Insight
2: check. Cora's really like internalizing all these questions, as if they were being asked to her. Five. I rolled a four, but I have uh, an eight to insight.
0: Dito, I think that this doesn't really occur to you, but Cora, you're doing a lot of introspection about all of these questions about Arachne, about her intent, about her plan, and I think that you guys kind of touched upon this when you were in the maze, when you were in the Hortus Elysium, speaking with her just, you know, minutes ago. Production seems to be allowing her to do this. They clearly, you know, are victims of it themselves, but perhaps they're viewing those lost as pawns in a larger scheme.
1: I mean, it's so odd that she could just be living out there and no one's saying anything, right?
0: Yeah, it's like some of production doesn't know and some of them do.
2: This is so fucking strange. Every day, this gets more and
0: more confusing. I'm exhausted. I'm gonna go to bed so I can get up early and practice. (sighs) I think you guys should do the same.
1: I'm going to try and get some rest. Me too. Good night, you guys. Sleep well.
0: Night. You guys all head to your various beds. Cora slipping into sleep. It takes a little bit of time. What you saw today was truly terrifying, but you eventually find rest. Dito.
1: Yeah, I think that um, Dito, in order to actually, like, get to sleep, Dito has to, like, do all of the things, like... (laughs) He has to like eat a melatonin gummy. He like wraps a sweatshirt around his head over his eyes. Um, Benjamin, do you can you do white noise or like a rainstorm with some thunder? Brown
0: noise. (laughs) I can definitely do brown noise or the you know a soundscape that is enjoyable to you. What what do you prefer? Yeah, maybe some static something with crickets. Of course starts just there's like a pause and then all of a sudden just a perfect environmental soundscape <laughs> of you being like out in a cottage the sound of crickets and um, the occasional hoot of an owl far in the distance
1: I think Dito not used to fully letting his mind pause um, and not really able to just go blank in the mind ever instead kind of thinks back to a happy memory maybe some time when him and his roommates rented an airbnb or something and a cabin out in the woods and everything was really quiet and Dito had time to focus on his art and take a long weekend off from work and he goes back there in his mind
0: you lie in your bed all of these <laughs> blankets wrapped around you and the as many pillow melaton- over <laughs> melatonin cup. gummies as you can take a pillow over your head and you With this soundscape filling your mind, you begin to picture that happy time by the cabin. You and your friends enjoying all of the beauty of nature, having a great time, making dinner together, and eventually heading off to sleep. And when your eyes open, you see that they're opening up to you being in that cabin, your in a sort of comfortable cot you remember being in here many years ago it's peaceful the sound of crickets outside
1: i rise up in bed and peer out the window to see if i recognize the world around me
0: you peer outside and see a beautiful still lake moonlight sparkling upon it the evergreen forest in the distance it is beyond peaceful. Benjamin, You reach behind your ear, and Benjamin is not there.
1: I'll slip out of bed in my flannel pajamas and, like, a big Cure t-shirt, and, uh, I'll walk out the front door just barefoot.
0: You walk out the front door, stepping on the hardwood of the cabin as it creaks, and you feel yourself step onto the soft earth Walking upon grass, you approach the lake, so quiet here, just the sound of those insects, the occasional breeze through the trees, a creaking that is, in another context, creepy, but here brings a sort of wholeness to you. You look in to the water and see your reflection, and watch as a face begins to emerge from it coming out of the water. The face
5: of the Lord of Dreams, shadowed, dark eyes. Restless one, welcome back to the Realm of Dreams.
1: Thanks for waiting for me. Sorry it took me a while to get here.
0: You say that and watch as the face sinks beneath the water.
1: I touch the surface of the water.
0: You touch the surface and a hand grabs you and pulls you beneath the water. You are suddenly submerged in this darkness and find yourself land on what feels like solid ground, but you don't see anything. It feels like you have entered into some sort of space, but all you see is darkness around you.
1: Where am I? What is this? Benjamin?
0: Stepping out of the darkness, the shrouded, giant figure of the Lord of
5: Dreams looks down to you. We don't have much time. I will speak as bluntly as I can. I'm listening. Know that me speaking with you will carry a great cost. I will not be able to speak with you again. Maybe never, if you do not succeed.
1: Succeed in what?
5: My father... Hypnos, the god of sleep, told me about you. Said you had unfinished business with him. Do you remember?
1: Hypnos?
0: The lord of dreams looms and peers close to you, his face getting so close to yours that you actually feel this sort of, like, strange... It's almost like blood rushing to your head, dizziness feeling, like you're too close to a radioactive source and it's causing you to feel ill or maybe ill is the wrong word because that has the negative implication but weird is perhaps a
5: better one you really don't remember do you
1: no i i just remember being me just my normal human life i don't know what business i have with any of this
0: you see confusion come across the face
5: of the lord of dreams I thought you were just pretending, but you really don't know.
1: I'm too tired to pretend. Just tell me what I'm meant to do.
5: I have put you on a path. I have given you my power. Now you must make your way.
0: Like sun peeking over her horizon, you see light kind of start to come from behind you, casting your shadow upon the Lord of Dreams as he winces.
1: Wait, are you a god?
0: He sees us now and the tone of this world dramatically shifts. Like pressure rising, you feel a weight upon your mind. Before you can react fully, this angry, aggressive, familiar tone booms from all around you.
5: You were told not to interfere, Morpheus. As Morpheus,
0: the Lord of Dreams, eyes narrow, these voids growing darker as anger rises within him.
5: Our existence imposes interference. It is our obligation.
0: The world around you begins to shake more and more, a rumble that seems to come from every direction as if something terrible were hurtling towards you, this brightness growing brighter and brighter until it burns at your peripherals. You have been warned. And suddenly there's a kind of surge of this light that starts, you only first see it before it Explodes from behind you, deafening as ever, light as bright as the sun, blinding you. You wince, and suddenly wake up to the sound of screams coming from down below. Cora, you awake as well, though not from a dream. You suddenly heard the sound of a intense explosion rumble through the stone of the temple.
1: I think Cora and I see each other in the hallway as we start running.
0: I grab my shield and I run. Iconia appears out and goes, "What's going on?" and paulo peers out as well and goes poopo where are you what's the meaning of all this and you see one of the Pierides flap up the stairs and go there's a fire in the medicine library
4: please remain calm and uh, follow me to evacuate
0: and turns and you see Aconia look at you guys and go oh my god let's get out of here and she runs after the purity as paulo does as well come on let's go i run towards the library
1: Yes, I do too. I think Cora and I exchange a single glance. I'll activate my Teleria sneakers um, and speeding down the hallway as I (laughs) heely levitate a couple of inches above the ground.
0: The two of you look at each other, watch as Paolo and Aconia follow after this Pierides as it zooms down one stairwell, and then you immediately beeline to a different stairwell and begin to charge down the stairs. You pass by panicked servants as you run farther and farther down towards the Memosine Manor. You pass by many people, Those most of which are evacuating, but a few you do see ahead of you do seem to be running in the same direction as you, looking to assist. You begin to smell smoke and ash and some sort of terrible, almost like ozone smell, this kind of unnatural burning in the air as you rush down the final grand staircase to the long hallway that leads to the Memesine Library and watch as f- a flare of flame emerges from it, the entire library engulfed in flame. You see before it Shisha's statue lying shattered in pieces upon the floor nymphs ahead of you rush forward and are conjuring water to do what they can to put out the fire but as you go closer you see that so much damage is already being done shelves are burnt to a crisp stories and works of art now ashes floating like snow in the air you spot standing amongst all of this the nine muses working tirelessly to use their magic to bring down the flames cleo amongst them paralyzed in shock what do you do
1: I think seeing so many people on the fire and being shocked seeing Shisha Punk laying on the ground shattered, uh, Dito falls to his knees and starts casting Mending, I don't know necessarily if it could help that much in this kind of scenario since it doesn't restore magic and there are probably a lot of broken pieces, but I just start fixing together what I can and looking around at the Muses saying, what happened?
0: Uh, Give me an Arcana check.
1: Okay, well, I only add a 1, and I rolled an 11, so that's a 12.
0: You're pressing stones together, but, the sh- but Shisha Punk was shattered to such an extent that you can't find pieces that match. Even if it were possible to repair her, you do not feel like you are up for the challenge. As you turn and call out that question to the muses, you see that... Calliope whips towards you and goes, You need to evacuate! It's dangerous in here! I'm gonna
2: dispel magic and see if there's, like, any kind of magical spell that's, like, increasing the flames or setting the fire, or I'm gonna try and either dispel magic or counterspell whatever have is happening.
0: You begin to move and dance, conjuring up this dispel magic, tapping into the weave through your creation, and sense that there is no magic currently active causing these flames. These are just they're clearly was just such an intense fiery explosion that they are growing naturally as they consume the near infinite amount of works within the library.
1: Can I try and just start um shooting, like, ray of frosts into it to try and, like, cool down the flames and see if I can um, prevent, like, when a fire heats itself up and starts to, like, swallow everything more and more quickly. I-, I think that's literally the only... I have nothing else water-related or able to put it out. Okay.
0: Is there anything else that you would like to do, Cora? There's nothing else that
1: I can do except for, like, try
2: and... Um, uh, I want to... I don't know, I'm feeling like this is coming from a person or a point and I'm trying to like find where that is, so maybe like a detect thoughts into on the other side of the flames or around not the
0: muses and not Dito. Taking a more investigative approach, you open your mind when the Dispel Magic fails, and you hear a flurry of thoughts around you. It's almost hard to parse through them at first. You focus and focus. You first scan the various nymphs around them, who just seem to be panicking about the fire. All of them are in action mode. Their thoughts are completely dedicated to this task. You begin to scan the muses. You hear, like, Talia being like, how the fuck did this happen? What's going on here? You see Polyhymnia look over to cleo and you see a worried look on her face and you detect these thoughts of we need need to to put this out It could spell (laughs) doom for her." her if the destruction of the past works of the world comes to fruition technically her domain would be severely weakened cora if you would like to give like the help action to anyone if you feel like you don't have any spells that can assist but you want to assist you're welcome to give the help action
2: well, in, during my scan of like the detect thoughts, do I detect anyone else's thoughts besides these guys?
0: You don't sense anything. I mean, it is only a 30-foot range, but I'll say that even if you move around, you're basically just getting a universal sort of panic and shock. No one here seems to be thinking anything suspicious. So I'll conf- basically confirmed no one is directly here causing this situation.
2: Okay, so then I'll I'll give the help action by casting unseen servant and like helping like throw water with Reggie. On the fire <laughs> like we or do
1: like a bucket line.
0: Yeah, bucket chain. And you're sending like rays of frost in as well. You're trying to like.
1: Yes, I actually realized rays of frost, and then I think as I if I see it kind of start working, I upgrade and I'll send my highest level uh, chromatic orb of cold energy in.
0: You spraying things. You conjure this cold energy and release it as Penis booms in your mind. Yes, sire, cool these flames! As you send out this cold energy. Cora, since you're kind of giving the help action here, Dito, you can roll with advantage using your spell casting modifier.
1: Okay, thank you. Oof! Not good, though. Um, the lower of the rolls was a nat 1. The top was 4. Four plus a seven, which is an eleven. I don't know if anyone can spare a fellow with a bardic.
2: I would love to give you a bardic.
1: Beautiful. Thank you. Oh, I I rolled a one on the bardic, so no. <laughs> it's a twelve.
0: <laughs> All right. I need both of you to roll a D one hundred.
1: Oh. So roll the D ten no. and then oh, a one hundred. Oh gosh, we get to do this again. Do you want to roll the ten or the hundred? Yay. I, um, I actually
0: need you both to roll it because you're going to be rolling with disadvantage for this D one hundred. Oh,
1: how hey. fun! Super. <laughs> yeah. I got a thirty five. Is that literally a one?
5: Okay.
2: Are you is are you serious?
5: You Did roll, I just roll a one, a one on the d one
2: hundred?
0: Working together, you do everything in your power to quell these flames using water from the nymphs, using frost and using your chromatic orb. You do your best to put out the flames, but the damage is done. The last flames are extinguished, smoke still filling the air as the nymph acolytes work to clean up the damage that they can. The muses turn to Cleo who stands before the smoldering ashes the devastating near total destruction of the vast amount of the artwork here. Most, if not all, of the library, aside from a few sections, has been destroyed. No. Cleo does not move. She does not make a sound. She simply watches behind her cat-eyed sunglasses, tears streaming down her face. Melpomene walks slowly towards her, then carefully reaches her gray-skinned arms around her sister, holding her. Then Calliope, Erato following, and then one by one, each of them embracing their sister. You see them all beginning to weep as they hug each other, a loss that is truly unfathomable.
1: Can I walk into the ashes and see if any of the previous Musemaker seasons survived?
0: You go and begin to search. Give me an investigation check. Dirty
1: Shrek 20. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> dirty,
0: dirty Shrek 20. Dito, you move through the ashes that make up this library. Like the Library of Alexandria that I've compared it to in the past, it is now burned to the ground and An unimaginable amount of work has been lost you do see the scraps of some paintings some novels things that have barely made it through some of the more hard copy things have survived and you do see that the seasons of musemakers have indeed not been burned And I think that you kind of put this together with that investigation role, kind of seeing what's left over, how little has survived. Most art in human history is not seen, it is not heard, it is lost to time in many ways. This being the only backup, this kind of now parallels your world with that. Corey, is there anything you want to do?
2: Um, I think Cora approaches Calliope and all of the muses and she says, I'm so sorry.
0: Calliope looks up from hugging her sister. Thank you for your help. I mean, it was the least we could do. Who could have done this? before anyone can answer you suddenly watch as cleo collapses to the ground and immediately all of her sisters shocked stumble back calliope standing over her hands over her mouth you hear a yelp of oh my god from talia dido and you run back and find that the muse of history has fallen to the ground
1: i cast spare the dying you
0: rush over and place a hand and cast spare the dying this healing sort of life-sustaining energy imbued into her she looks pale almost transparent as talia goes cleo and terpsichore rushes forward kneels down next to you and puts her ear over her face and a hand over the muse of history's heart and then looks at calliope and just has these panicked eyes what are we gonna do and as you see like urania holding malpomene who is now fully sobbing um Calliope, hands over her mouth, goes... Take
5: her back to her room. Thank you, Tito. Thank you.
1: I don't understand how something like this can happen. I mean... History still happened, just because it's not recorded.
0: If all evidence of something is destroyed, then... Does it even exist? These works are now lost. No one will hear them again. Songs will be forgotten. Movies lost. Books burned. Everyone, please continue with the evacuation. We will do a final assessment of the expanse of this damage. And I will speak with staff and the rest of their contestants in the garden in a few minutes.
1: I'll clear out for now thinking that we've probably maybe gotten out as much as we can right now but it seems so strange that we both asked who could have done this and no one answered our question
0: Cora, do you follow? Yeah The two of you following the nymphs slowly turn and leave this space passing by the shattered remains of the statue that once was Punk. you all head through the Memesine Manor, down the Grand Steps, into the garden where the rest of the contestants, paulo Arachne, and Aconia, as well as all of the staff and a good chunk of production have gathered at the base. You join them and see the seven remaining Pieri sisters perched amongst them as some are asking questions and there's a lot of commotion going on before everyone quiets watching the Eight of the nine muses walk down the stairs together, Cleo not with them. Arachne calls out to them, What's going on? And slowly but surely they make their way down. You still see smoke kind of billowing out from the back of the temple from where the library is.
1: Can I look at, like, um, Arachne's um, hairy spider legs and see if she has any, like, singed hairs or, like... um... Sniff and see if she smells like smoke.
0: Everybody who wants to do that can give me a survival check. That's a nat 20. You kind of both are looking around, looking for any sort of suspect for you to identify or to at least keep an eye on for you know for the future. Yeah. You check over Arachne, she does not seem to have any sort of you know, there's no soot on her, there's her. Her spider hairs are not singed. She looks like she must have stayed out here after you left her. She is not someone who would have caused this. You do, Cora, with a natural twenty, smell that same sort of ozone. Ozoney kind of unnatural burning smell coming from this crowd. But you can't necess- you, but you can't necessarily pin down who. It's coming from. There's just so many people gathered around, and you're not necessarily like right next to anyone. You just smell that, and you're. And part of you is like, it's got to just be the smoke that's billowing out of the temple, but it smells really fresh, really close.
2: Can I cast a spell? Yeah, of course. Can I cast Detect Thoughts on Paolo?
0: You see Paolo further in the crowd um, and kind of sidle your way through the various people as they. Watch quietly the eight muses heading down to meet you all. And as you get closer, you open your mind and detect the surface thoughts of Paolo. And you get a sensation that Dito had had just the night before when he allowed for polyhymnia to peer into his mind. And a sensation you've got, if you've ever tried to sense the mind, of a being far powerful than you. Your mind is suddenly hit with this strong, almost like psychic energy as you peer into the psyche of someone who is far more powerful than you expected. Even though you're not making them force a save, it's literally like these thoughts are otherworldly, eldritch, beyond comprehension as you try and peer in and all you get the sense of is a sort of deep resolve, a resigned certainty. As you are sensing this and you're wincing from this this psychic repellent, the eight muses finally make their way to the bottom of the staircase, positioned just high enough to be able to speak out to everyone. Calliope holds a grave, stone-faced expression rarely seen upon her countenance, the other muses in varying states of distress and shock. A terrible fire has burned through the library of the Memocene Manor. We're not sure exactly how it started, but it is likely an incident occurred within the forge, leading to an explosion that destroyed a large portion of the library. A number of gas begin to echo throughout the space. You see Melpomene lets out an- another sob as Talia kind of looks down, as if looking for a joke to lighten the mood, but knowing that nothing would be appropriate. Nothing would help he continues in addition to the tragic loss of countless works of art the guardian of the library Shishpunk was also destroyed <gasps> a number of cries throughout the crowd confusion, outrage Paulo rubs his forehead what a tragedy Polyhymnia speaks up Zafar has been extinguished and you all may return to your rooms. We once again ask that no one leaves their domicile until the morning. Tomorrow night, after the show, this policy will continue, ensuring we are able to account for everyone in case of emergency. Violating this rule will result in consequences that may affect your ability to perform in the next challenge. Everyone, back to your rooms.
2: Wait, w- what? Hold on, why? This is a tragedy. Why are we stopping now? We
0: have to call it. Calliope looks to you. The show must go on. I
2: I don't understand.
0: You heard her, Cora, and you can feel Paulo's hand on your shoulder. Don't touch me. I think we all just need some rest.
1: Dido is just scanning between Arachne and Paulo and Cora and the Muses and thinking of his dream. Uh, and just looks at Cora and says, there might not be anything we can do now. I think the clear light of the morning will show us the way to move forward.
2: Cora nods. Are yeah. we
1: safe here? Who would set a fire in the library of the nine muses? How do you know that person isn't just waiting for all of us to go back and lay in our beds like sitting ducks.
0: Urania speaks up. As Calliope said, we believe that there was a incident in the forge, and we are investigating it now. Calliope um, speaks up after Urania finishes. It is safe to return to your rooms, but please, if you see anything, say something.
1: Dito turns and... Heads out of the gardens towards his room.
0: After a bit of murmuring, a number of the acolytes break off as well, heading to their various homes that exist, like embedded into the wall that surrounds Memocene Manor, outside of the vast gardens, the vast forest-like gardens. Cora, what do you do?
2: I try and meet Calliope's glance.
0: She meets your gaze, her orange eyes filled with a deep sadness.
2: I message her, what's going on? Talk to me.
0: Cora, you need to head
5: to bed. Go back to your room.
2: How can you just say that? It's so patronizing, like a child. Cora, I can't talk.
0: Please. Please just go back to your room. I feel safe there. Please. You are. And as she says that, even though. Every instinct in your mind is screaming, how could I possibly be safe when such a horrible explosion occurred? Even if it wasn't an individual causing this, even if it was an incident, something with the forge malfunctioning, how could they be certain that it's safe? And then it dawns on you. She knows it's safe because she does know what started the fire. There's a certainty that she, for some reason, knows, and I think that you understand that she is trying to communicate with you that this was not an accident. This was someone setting an example. And you think about the attack on Talia that you saw the first night.
2: Can I think back to the party? And did Cleo ever say anything that was like, that she had been threatened or anything?
0: All that comes to mind is how she allowed Paolo to be humiliated. During her challenge.
4: Whoa, whoa!
2: And what did Cleo say to you, Lise when you guys were in the library together?
0: Uh, she said that you and um the your, mortals suffer the under mortals their suffer under their guardians, and there's only so much that they can do. She also, of course, she described her domain and like how art and time are intrinsically linked, and that's why she has grown in such power, as there has been such a huge body of work to work with, but. Also, the destruction of this, like, both physical and conceptual, this, like, crossover of an idea and a physical art made reality getting destroyed. I think that you kind of think of this, Dito, because you had asked, like, how is it possible that this can be destroyed Essentially. Like how how can something like this be destroyed? And it occurs to you that only something of this realm could destroy something in this realm.
1: Something powerful enough to like obliterate history. Exactly. It's not much of a mystery to Dido, and he thinks of that blinding light that came over him and Morpheus in his dream.
0: You think of that as the two of you head back to your rooms with your fellow contestants. Finding rest once more. You both get a long rest, including you, Dito.
1: Yeah, even though my rest is uh, interrupted halfway through um, because of a fire and a tragedy and there's fully scheming and um, alchemizing of theories in the middle of it, it's still the best rest that Dito's gotten in years. (laughs) Wow, two four-hour naps. That's crazy.
0: Mm -hmm. Excellent work, sire. Now that will leave you prepared to create great things.
1: Does everyone's back always feel like this?
0: Yes, though mine doesn't because I don't have a back.
1: (laughs) I click Benjamin's button a bunch.
5: Ow, ow, ow. Just kidding, I'm fine. (laughs) Just a bit of comedy.
1: Uh, You're right, not my forte. Um, I will, um, seeing the sun come up, Head out to find my fellow contestants.
0: You head out, and Cora, you rise with the sun as well. What would you like to do today, guys?
2: Uh, I think Cora wants to go to <clears throat> the forge and do like an investigation.
0: I agree. We
1: haven't been there yet.
2: Yeah, and I, I initially wanted to go there to like have someone look at my weapon, but now I'm interested to see what kind of incident at the forge could have led to this.
1: Dito just heads down to breakfast. I'm keeping an eye on Arachne and Paolo.
0: You both begin your day, and immediately it is clear that the mood is not surprisingly very different here. Smoke still stinks in the air. A quieter, more solemn tone has taken the manor. You see fewer servants and those you do see. Avoid your gaze as they go about their work. You... Dido had to get breakfast, as Korra, you head deep into this megastructure to find the forge. As you grow closer, so does the heat. It is perhaps the hottest place, no, it certainly is the hottest place in the entire temple. As you begin to head down the stairs, it hits you like a wave of fire, burning your skin. You wince and push forward, careful not to touch the stone as it singes you. You eventually... Head down the final stairs and see there is a massive metal door. There is a wall of these stone cubbies where there are these heavy-looking full-body fire proximity suits, these like black and orange striped suits that are meant to be fire resistant, so you could so one could even enter into this space. Korra, you don one of these suits and push on the door and Slowly but surely it grinds open as you enter into a vast warehouse-like workshop lined with a number of small kilns interspersed between larger forges. You see that there are shelves where there's ceramics and pieces of metal. I mean, all forms of art are created in this temple and everyone should have access to the facilities they may need. This perhaps is where previous artisans of this domain have worked, Um, but it's empty no one seems to be here as you continue to walk further into the room it is made of stone the orange glow of forges casting the only light in this space looming in the distance this gargantuan forge far bigger than any humanoid could possibly use bright flames within it so blinding you might as well be looking straight at the sun and standing before it Hammering something on a gargantuan anvil is this hulking figure with scarred and burnt skin wrapped over tightly bulging muscles. He approaches the kiln wearing no suit, only a dark sin's toga, holding a long metal tool filled with chunks of metal that he slides deliberately into the forge, allowing them to melt. As they melt, he returns to the anvil continues his work, um... You notice that he is standing on these two incredibly well-crafted mechanical legs, and he takes no notice to you as he continues his work, removing the melted metal, pouring it into a mold. As the other sword that he's creating cools, he begins to work on another blade.
2: I approach him and say, Hello. I'm busy. Go away. Okay, um I will do that, but in case you had a second, could you tell me what this is? And I take out my Thelos
0: Delophonos. You present this blade and he stops turning and looking over his shoulder at you. You see these burning glowing orange coal-like eyes as he stares down at the blade that you hold.
5: (sighs) Haven't seen that in quite some time.
0: Did you
2: make this?
5: Turns to the hammering on the anvil. Long
0: ago.
2: What's your name? (sighs) I just want to give compliments to the artist.
0: Places the massive hammer he wields next to him. It's The head of it is bigger than you. It's practically the size of a, a car that slams down next to you, but you don't even flinch as he turns to look at you, kneeling down his colossal head, bigger than your entire body.
5: I am Hephaestus, God of the Forge. Though I have gone by many names,
2: I thought that might be you.
5: Who are you that wields this blade? Crafted for a war long one.
2: My name is Cora. Cora Lacrima. Hmm.
5: Never heard of you. Rises again and picks up the
0: hammer.
2: Maybe you heard of my mother, Ausea Lacrima.
0: Stops hammering again.
2: (sighs) Did you make this for her? No. Then who did you make it for?
5: I made it for my brothers and sisters when they fought the Titans long ago. It is a blade to be wielded when one needs to kill that which cannot be killed. Hmm. Your mother, I have heard her name before. Yeah. Heard she gave up, retreated.
2: Well... Maybe she didn't give up. Maybe she had to.
5: Same thing.
2: Okay. So maybe she did.
5: Have you any more questions? Or may I return to my work?
2: Why are you here? You're... You're a god.
5: I work here in the temple. Creating anything the gods and the muses need. Weaponry. Decoration. Infrastructure. Set pieces, I'm the one in charge of building.
2: So, what happened last night? The library, it's gone. They said it was an incident here. Mm. Was it your fault?
5: No incident here. Turns back to you. The forge, under my watch, has no incidents.
2: I see. Why are you telling me this? I figured you'd be sworn to secrecy
0: like everyone else.
5: No one pays attention to me. Cora, give me a uh,
0: charisma check of your choosing. Persuasion, deception, intimidation, whatever you feel Cora is trying to give off.
2: Persuasion. It's 15.
5: I don't get many visitors.
2: Are you trapped down here?
5: Just busy.
2: A lot of people say they're just busy when they are trapped.
0: He doesn't respond.
2: Listen, I just want to know more about this weapon that my mom gave me. I just want to know why she gave it to me, and maybe you don't know that, but... It's clear what it can do.
5: And I think it's clear what she would like you to do with it.
2: And you're okay with this?
5: Shrugs. Continues.
2: I could kill you right now. You won't. You're right.
5: I am not the cause of your problems.
2: There seems to be one who is. Hmm. And Cora looks down as she's holding it. And kind of...
0: turning it in her hands. Cora, you hold this blade in your hands. You almost hear, like, the whine of metal as you turn it.
5: Anything else?
2: (sighs) No, I guess not. I don't... I don't have any answers. I just only have questions and...
5: Sometimes one needs to stop thinking and just do. He returns to his work.
2: Cora goes back upstairs. Puts the blade back in her bag. Thinks about the primordial. It's everywhere. In the halls. And it's clear that the gods created this place. The gods control this place. And that Paolo is a god. And she thinks that she has more in common with Arachne than
1: anyone.
0: Is there anything else you guys want to do?
1: I will let my competitors see me mage-armoring myself. And I'll do that um, fairly before the challenge so that I can uh, do my short rest and get my spell slot back but my mage armor will last for eight hours.
0: Dito, you go about your day as you normally would. I think that, you know, pardon me if I'm wrong, but you at points feel almost this drive to do something, even though there's not much you can do to solve the tragedy that has struck this manor. And at one point you find yourself back in your room before it is time to go upstairs to perform, and you take out Penis and begin to just draw, just doodle, and if you wouldn't mind giving me a performance check, eighteen. you find yourself just drawing aimlessly, shading and sketching and just creating to create. You finally have the energy to do that after getting a nice rest for the first time in what feels like forever. This strange competition, the only time in the past few years where you feel like you've really, truly gotten rest despite the circumstances. As you finish, you lean back. What does Dito draw?
1: With Benjamin in my hand, I started thinking um, about what Uh, kind of form my armor would take during the challenge and I find myself um, drawing these kind of outfits like those long elegant fashion designer uh, drawings, the kind of gesture drawings of like a a suit that's kind of crumbling into um, like sooty ash with flames licking out of the bottom and then I get drawn into drawing these flames and before I realize what I'm doing I'm drawing Shisha and the library
0: and when you finish, you lean back and look at your work, and you hear Penjamin in your head. It's beautiful, sire. Excellent work.
1: It's on my mind.
0: Then it will never be forgotten.
1: I know you said you're not meant to talk about it, but Morpheus, he told me I might not ever get the chance to speak with him again unless I succeed here. Succeed in what? Just winning, or... Am I meant to help Arachne and Korra?
5: I know not what the Lord of Dreams wishes for you to do. But I wish for you to become the artist that you are destined to be. An artist that you would be proud of. Then my work would be done.
1: All right. I click Benjamin and put him behind my ear, dust myself off, and head towards the competition.
0: You all head to the green room, and it does indeed feel like you're going through the motions. You barely hear Crotos as he barks out his standard greeting, and as he eventually begins to count down, you find yourselves rising from your seats and joining Aconia, who is um, talking to Arachne um, as they join Paolo and approach the swirling darkness that sparkles with potential within the archway. Each one of you, one by one, enters the darkness and suddenly find yourselves walking out onto the main stage. The cheers of the audience across the multiverse filling your ears. Sparkling lights begin to trace the floor, seats, and stage. A deep, rich orange light that flickers through the ornamental stone reminiscent of vases formed from Hellenistic artisans centuries ago stone shifts and nine pillars rise from the main stage standing atop each of them a woman dressed in elegant white robes each toga bespoke in style to represent them their personality and their domain the nine muses all nine of the muses make their way to their seats but you watch as terpsichore is helping Cleo walk down from her pedestal. There is no dance happening for her. The other muses are more solemnly making their way behind the stone table where they normally sit and judge you all. Uh, And once they find their positions, uh, Calliope looks to you all. Welcome back, Bart. Five contestants left. I remember when this stage was crowded. Erato leans forward and goes, Now it's getting... Intimate. Kalaipi nods, trying to kind of play along with the joke, but you can tell that they are now fully performing any of the energy that they are giving out. My point is that in a matter of days, you tasted victory, made enemies, made perhaps friends, and have gotten a glimpse of what the future can hold. I think, especially given the past day's events, It's time to learn the hardest lesson of all. Loss. Calliope looks to Melpomene, orange eyes and normally confident tones softening as she speaks to her sister. Melpomene. It's time. The amphitheater goes quiet as focus is pulled toward the sorrowful gray face of the muse of tragedy. She slowly raises her shaved head and looks up to the eldest sister, orange eyes brimming with tears, then shakes her head, looking away. Calliope nods and smiles encouragingly. I understand, sister, but you know more than anyone how important it is to face tragedy head on. And you see she looks to Cleo, who is trying her best to hold herself up, is literally like leaning back in her chair, looks very, very ill. You see Melpomene grits her teeth, the first show of intense emotion for her, from her this entire time. I don't want people to suffer any longer. I'm tired of pretending. Gasps begin to echo throughout the audience, and you see even Paolo looks confused, Calliope almost nervously looking around before getting close to her sister and whispering in a harsh tone, This is not a negotiation. You must. The muse of tragedy and the muse of stories glare at each other for a long moment, before Melpomene rises, still holding eye contact with her. Clype nods gravely, then turns and sits as Melpomene takes the center stage. Tragedy is an essential part of life. A brutal mechanism of fate. Calamity cuts you like a knife. A weighted purpose only hindsight can appreciate. Suffering, destruction, distress, and loss... A rickety bridge that all must cross when catharsis is absent and you cannot cope will you still be able to cling to your hope for i melpomene challenge you with tragedy i remind you of your pain and warn you of apathy as melpomene finishes speaking suddenly wisps of black smoke begin to swirl around you hissing up from the floor cracks in the black stone forming and <laughs> crumble out from beneath you. The smoke continues to swirl around you, choking and blinding everyone until suddenly it is silent. Cora, you blink, rubbing your eyes, and stumble forward, finding yourself walking into a garden. Olive trees, tweeting birds, honeybees buzzing. It's nighttime, but you're not in Memosine Manor any longer. You're home. The end of the path that led you to the archway you walked through just days ago. The same path leading up to the villa, the villa you grew up in. The windows dark except for one. The one to the practice room you spent so much time in.
3: Mom?
2: I think Cora feels like an insane amount of relief. Maybe it's just over. Maybe they sent her back. This is what happens with all of the contestants, right? They get to go home so she rushes up
0: you make your way up the stone stairs eyes on the lit window and we cut over to Dito Dito you find yourself smothered in this darkness panic setting in as you gasp and claw and tumble out of bed landing hard on the floor you're tangled in your sheets yanking it off your head and looking around you're in your bedroom the sounds of sirens and honking cars in the distance the commotion of the city you've been living in since leaving home A second later, the alarm on your phone begins to play. It's time for your late shift at the hotel, and if you don't leave right now, you're going to be late. Um,
1: a a dream. A dream, and um does what he's done a million times, which is just throw his long hair back into a shitty-looking ponytail and throw his hotel uniform on and stagger out the door looking messy
0: you stagger out of your bedroom and you see that uh one of your roommates in this very very tiny apartment is sitting on the couch she's wearing uh green flannel this chaotic messy young woman with curly red hair she finishes hitting a bong (coughs) hey bro what's up
1: uh hey little early for that
0: it's nighttime bro you slept all day i think
1: oh I check my watch.
0: It is indeed nighttime. I mean, honestly, your brain is just so disoriented, you really can't tell what time of day it is. When did you fall asleep, and how long have you been sleeping?
1: Right. I work at night. (laughs) Sometimes you forget. Um, Okay, well, uh, just, you know, leave the door open for me since, you know, I lost my key. Um
0: Bro, before you go, I just wanted to let you know that I got word from Jeff... At the end of our lease, he's going to be raising up the rent a few hundred bucks.
1: A few hundred? That's a huge percentage. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the neighborhood, it's just... He says that there's a lot of things he needs to fix. They he... they
1: haven't fixed anything the whole time. Our dishwasher's been leaking for months.
0: Yeah, hes he said that, you know, if he's going to make these changes, and, and he's gonna, he just expects us to kind of... Pay for the increase in quality of life. You know how things are. New apartment buildings are coming up every day in this neighborhood.
1: Um, are you guys staying?
0: If we live on nothing but rice and beans. I. Well, we can talk about it more. I just wanted to let you know.
1: I already eat so many beans.
0: She offers you a hit of the bong.
1: Fuck it. Everyone else smokes before their shift.
0: <laughs> you take the bong and light it and take a hit. Give me a Constitution saving throw. <laughs> okay. Thirteen. Thirteen. You (coughs) cough, letting out a huge burst of smoke as soon as it goes into your lungs.
1: I forget that she does mole bowls and she puts a little tobacco in them too and I hit it way too hard.
0: It's so fucking harsh. Uh, oh, you feel dizzy nasty. as you step back and you hand it back to her, and then you rush out the nasty. door. And I need you both to roll initiative.
1: Oh, what the fuck? fuck? Okay, I didn't hit the bong. <laughs> wait, wait, no, I didn't hit the bong. You hit the bong. Roll initiative. Uh. Roll initiative. Fuck <laughs> oh. me, Travis. You. <laughs> the bong is a mimic.
0: <laughs> bong is a mimic. 11's good. Uh,
1: 20 initiative.
0: At the top of your turn, Dito, you are up first. I need you to roll a wisdom saving throw. Ooh,
1: wisdom saving throw for Dito is going to be a 21.
0: You push the feelings of confusion, despair, and disorientation out of your mind as you rush down the stairs and out onto the busy street of the city. The moment you step outside, you are soaked by the heavy rain that is pouring from the sky your uniform completely drenched your umbrella's upstairs but you do not have time to go and grab it. Damn it you curse under your breath and rush down the garbage covered street passing by equally disenfranchised and disillusioned people looking at the newly constructed apartment building sparkling and beautiful You know that more and more of this gentrification is going to run you and so many others out of this neighborhood, but you try and keep your head down. You rush to the subway.
1: Why do people keep moving here? It sucks here. It sucks really bad here.
0: As you step on the first stair going down to the subway, I need you to roll a dexterity saving throw. (laughs)
1: This was me every day I worked at the mill. (laughs) God. Cursed. 18 on the dex saving throw.
0: You save. You feel your foot slide out from under you, but you grab the metal railing um, and keep yourself from falling down two flights of stairs. (laughs) You run down the stairs and you see the turnstiles and see on the other side, the subway, doors already open. People pushing and shoving, trying to cram inside this incredibly packed train. You realize that with the doors open, that means that they're going to close any second. You hastily grab your wallet, pull out your MetroCard and swipe it. And and see the, the screen flash insufficient funds. I hop. You hop it, okay. You leap over the turnstile. Don't
1: have time. Can't be late. If I get a ticket for hopping the turnstile, it'll be cheaper than missing out on my whole shift.
0: You hop over the turnstile and begin to run and hear a voice come from beside you. Hey, stop. What do you think you're doing? As a man in casual clothes flashes a badge, an undercover cop waiting for someone to hop, the turnstile begins to approach. The
1: machine's broken! The machine's been broken no, for half no, a year! No. come
0: here, come here! He tries to call you over.
1: Can I try and slide into the doors just as it's closing?
0: Yes, give me, uh, you can roll acrobatics, he's gonna roll athletics as he reaches out and tries to grab your arms as you twist away and try and run.
1: It's just an 11.
0: Well, he rolled a natural one. Yes! So he reaches out and snaps at you, but you rush by and slide cramming into the door.
1: (laughs) I sort of rip the sleeve of my arm as he tries to grab it.
0: I'm tearing your uniform. You still push your way in. um, And hear the... As the doors slam behind you. Bing bong! (laughs) (laughs) And we are going to move to Korra in the initiative order. Cora, are you moving stealthily? No. You rush into your childhood home, the classically inspired decor. You rush up the stairs, calling your mother's name. As you're moving through, you actually begin to take note. A lot of your home is very similar to the Nemesine Manor. you would never noticed it before, but why would you? You like You'd only seen the manor on television, and they don't show you every aspect of it. But the style is uncannily similar. As you are rushing through your house, you turn down the hallway and see the light coming from underneath the practice room door.
2: As I'm running up, my heart sinks, noticing that my house is crazily similar to the manor, and I start
0: to slow down. Give me a wisdom saving throw.
2: Why would you choose the one I'm the worst at?
0: (laughs) Um. Why
2: would you do that?
0: Exactly for the reason you think, my dear.
2: Uh, because I got a five.
0: Roll a d6 for me.
2: I don't want to. I want to stop now.
0: (laughs) A three. You suddenly begin to feel this sort of dread within your heart as you slow and you see how similar to Memosine Manor your home is. You're thinking how confusing everything has been, how impossible the tasks before you have felt. You are suffering from this deep despair, this apathy. Um, You have disadvantage on dexterity-based checks and saves until you save. Finally, you see that you're standing before the practice room door, the light coming underneath it. Do you enter? Yes. You open the doorway and see the practice room as it always has been, this ballet studio with a long spotless mirror. No one is in here, but the lights are lit and you can't shake the feeling that something is off. You step in and look around and suddenly hear your mother's voice coming from behind you. Cora, where have you been? You turn and see, standing in the doorway, arms crossed, the spitting image of you in a few decades, Alzea. She looks upon you in a way that seems all too familiar.
2: Mom. And I run over and, like, wrap my arms around her.
0: You hug her, but she does not respond, and after holding her for a moment like that, you step away, and you see she's looking down at you with her burning amber eyes. Your performances of late have been worse than sloppy. They've been pathetic. We're going to run your routine from the top, and we're going to keep running it until you get it right.
2: Mom, but why?
0: Again, Cora. But why? I'm not going to repeat myself.
2: No. I don't feel like it. I I don't even know why. Why am I doing this? Why don't, why don't you do it?
0: She looks at you, pure disgust coming over her
5: face. <sighs> you are such a disappointment. All of these years, all of this work, and you're wasting it
0: all. Core, give me a perception check.
2: Ooh, it's an 20. 20.
0: That's really big this early in the challenge. tell me why tell me why <laughs> you look up at your mother and something is off even though you're feeling this this despair this this apathy you are shook by the way your mother is looking at you it's been bad before but you don't know if it's ever been this bad maybe it's just perspective but you see something in the corner of your eye You flick them towards the mirror and see, not your mother in the reflection, but this shadowy abomination. Necrotic smoke spilling off of her, this being of pure horror just looming.
5: Cora, are you even listening?
2: I snap my eyes back to my mother and snap them back to this abomination and I charge at it.
0: You charge at it. Uh, give me an opposed athletics check. <laughs> 11. Okay.
2: Been rolling nothing but 11s today.
0: You rush forward, and she actually rolled a nine <laughs> as you tackle into her, and the two of you roll on the ground, wrestling as you pin her down, and she looks at you. Her body suddenly. <laughs> Transforming, You see the bones in her face crack. You feel her ribs split and her chest open as thorny wood begins to cut through and her orange eyes darken to a void. More of this smoking, shadowy, necrotic energy spilling off of her. I could have been something. Something beautiful. Someone who changed everything. But you, you ruined it. And we're going to move. Back to Dito. Eee. You push onto the train as the tone rings and the doors close, the train squeaking and squealing as it surges down the tracks with an unsteady speed. You pass by stop after stop, knowing you're absolutely going to be late at this point. You finally arrive at the station you need to be at and push through the crowd. Finding your way to the turnstile, you rush up the stairs, rain again immediately soaking you as you charge down the street. I need you to give me another wisdom saving throw.
1: Live this day so many times. That is a seven, so I think I'm going to use my favorite by the gods ability and add 2d4 to that. Uh, It goes from a seven to a 12.
0: You pass. Ooh, nice. The DC is now 12. It goes up every round. Incredible. Until you fail, that is. (laughs) You push past these feelings of despair as you rush forward down the street You finally turn the corner and see the beautiful Periclesis Hotel and Spa, a different type of dread coming over you as you approach the glass doors. You enter, seeing an overworked co-worker behind the desk look up, see you, and immediately begin to pack their things as they get ready to go. You, still soaked, rush behind the desk and take over as they wordlessly just rush out the door. And the moment that you turn back, you suddenly see that there is a mob raging before you. Ding, 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 people are hitting the bell. This wealthy older woman is pointing this wrinkly finger at you and about to shout as she is pushed out of the way by a sneering businessman who slams a fist on the counter. Um, hello? I tried to book Comfort Conference Room 3 and it's telling me it's completely booked for the day. I have clients who have flown in, set to be here in ten minutes. What are you going to do to fix this?
1: Um, sorry, I'm just... I have to clock in. <laughs> um, I'm like frantically trying to open up the software on... Um, I'm trying to open up Kronos on my <laughs> uh, computer. <laughs> and uh, log in and also remember what this client even just said to me like rifling through all of the open rooms while I'm still logged into someone else's account
0: as you're trying to do that these um, this gaggle of girls erupts forward all of them dressed in pink with one in this pristine white uh, little gown and matching tiara one of them wearing a sash that reads Slade of Honor puts her hand on the counter Um, hello. We're supposed to check in tomorrow morning. Is there any chance we could check in, like, now? We're here celebrating this fugly bitch's last weekend as a single lady. And we'd love to drop our bags off before we head to the spa. I
1: look her in the eyes. You have already been here before. We've... done this
0: there is a pause, all of a sudden every single person in this mob freezes and looks at you.
1: I can't be here. I have somewhere else to be. Uh, I back away from the desk.
0: You back away as suddenly these figures begin to lean forward and you notice wisps of smoke pouring off of them as they begin to transform and reach forward towards you. And we are gonna cut back to Korra. Korra, you wrestle with your mother in the hallway. Um, She is trying desperately to squirm out from underneath you. Um, It is your turn, what would you like to do?
2: I would like to um, hold the god killer to my mom's neck.
0: You draw the blade from your bag and press it to your mom's neck as she continues to transform into this horrible undead abomination. you're not my mom go ahead and give me an intimidation check nine nine you see this this horrid abomination bites out at you she looks like your mother but she very much isn't Um, you have your action and bonus action what would you like to do I would like
2: to try and slice her head off with my sickle go ahead and attack
0: 18 to hit that hits
2: for four points of damage.
0: You cut through the sort of bark-torn skin and see shadows begin to pour out. This creature is going to attack you. That is going to be an 11 to hit. It doesn't hit. It claws at you, but you press down further. As a
2: bonus action, I can expend a charge to deal an additional 2d8 necrotic damage.
0: But is this thing necrotic and will it not? Was it resistant? Um, Only one way to find out. You also g- give me an uh, arcana check. I'm
2: also making the target do a wisdom saving throw.
0: Okay, I'll roll that.
2: So, nine necrotic damage. And what did you want me to do? Uh,
0: that's a 19 on the wisdom save that you forced it on, so it does succeed. And you can give me a check using your spellcasting modifier. That's going to be 18. 18 you press into this horrible creature with your blade and send this pulse of necrotic energy and you watch as it absorbs the necrotic energy it does not take any damage but with your spellcasting modifier sw- you feel the frustration and push forward and you now realize that you can change the damage to radiant Ooh.
2: We're learning new weapons, (laughs) y'all.
0: Moving down the initiative, we jump back to Dito. These horrifying beings climbing across the table at you. Um, It is your turn. What do you do?
1: I will panic and just throw my hands out and um, this kind of like dark sky-like matter that's dotted with stars and celestial objects starts to kind of haze out over them, I'll cast a third-level sleep spell.
0: Okay. Uh, Go ahead and roll those d8s.
1: I will why not use a sorcery point and use empowered spell and re-roll three of those dice to get higher. Okay. Uh, Just 23 hit points.
0: You watch as a number of these creatures disappear into smoke as you successfully knock several of them out.
1: And then I run into the back rooms of the hotel um, where we keep all of our shitty snacks.
0: You run, they are going to get an attack. And actually I'll say split screen, the two of you are suddenly struck out by these creatures
1: my ac is 16 now
0: okay that's only a 14 to hit you they miss as you charge away uh cora your mother swipes at you and that's a natural four so neither neither of them hit as you continue along the way dito um you're rushing where are you headed what do you want to do this is the end of your turn before we move on
1: Mm, I think that probably, like, back in the employees-only section, there's probably, like, a fire exit. And so I'm looking to uh, run out of the fire exit into, like, the dumpster alley behind the hotel.
0: Give me a perception check.
1: Ooh, beautiful. 23. 23.
0: You brush past the glass windows, you rush down this hall, and pass by a mirror, and as you look through the mirror, you see movement in it that doesn't match yours. Uh,
1: I whirl around to face my reflection.
0: You whirl around and face your reflection, and see a number of different scenes unfolding through this mirror. You see first your face, but then beyond it, like you're looking through a pane of glass instead of an actual mirror. You see... Cora on the ground pinning her mother down trying to force this sickle through her throat you see Ikonia in the office of some executive her getting screamed at by this man as she cowers you see Arachne as she desperately tries to outweave this beautiful silver skinned woman who you recognize as likely the goddess Athena who competed against her in the challenge that led to her being cursed and you see Paolo but looking at him, it's it's too blurry. You can't exactly make out. That's as much as you can get with that perception check.
1: Instead of running towards the exit, and when I see these scenes in the mirror, seeing Cora alone struggling against her mother, can I try and, glancing over the back of my shoulder, skip out on my dream and go help Korra and hers? Can I try and like climb through this mirror?
0: Okay. Give me a wisdom saving throw. This will be the last one. And okay. The DC this time is thirteen. Twelve. Roll a D6 for me. One. You too begin to feel this horrifying apathy come over you. You put your hands to the glass, but it, it's it's glass. You don't know how to push your way through it. You're still so confused. This this is this is the dream that before was reality. What, how do you do this? Can you even do this? And that is going to be your turn. Uh, Core, it is your turn. You're tumbling in the hall. So
2: this being cannot be harmed by necrotic damage? That is correct. That sucks. That's so much of what my dammies do. Noah, fuck off. Sorry. I'm gonna cast Thunder Wave. Okay. It is a second level spell. The save is Constitution.
0: Okay. Are you casting it at a second level or are you casting it high? Second level. Okay. She's gonna roll. That is only a five. She fails.
2: I slam my ghost mommy's body into the ground, and I cast Thunder Wave, and I emit a thunderous boom through her body to try and destroy her.
0: The floor in which you slam her into cracks and shatters as the two of you collapse through to the first floor of the villa, um, tumbling onto the ground. Um, I need you to give me a dexterity saving throw, but first tell me the damage you deal. Ten. Ten.
2: Uh, My dexterity is...
0: You roll with disadvantage for the dexterity save because of the apathy. Your mother is... Her form is sort of shattered and shifting. Twelve. Cora, you take seven damage as you (laughs) land on top of your mother and like roll off of her. The dust of this collapsed ceiling still settling around you. Uh, Give me a perception check. Eight. You are... (laughs) coughing from the the stone dust that is filling your lungs you're pulling yourself up off the ground as you watch this shadowy abomination that was your mother doing the same that was your action is there anything else you want to do i want to roll my
2: perception check again
0: suppose if you want to use your bonus action to do that
2: yeah let me do that
0: 12. Using your bonus action, you look around. You um, rise up and stumble into the kitchen, hands hitting the counter. You look into the sink and see pots filled with water and see on the other side, Dito looking at you, hand on the surface of the other side of the water. We jump back to Dito. Dito, give me another wisdom saving throw. Okay. Do I see Korra? you watch as cora collapses through the ceiling coughing stumbles over and then it just makes full eye contact with you on the other side of this mirror
1: can i hear what's happening in her world or does it seem like she can hear me or are we like blocked off sound wise
0: it's completely silent you only hear the sounds of the hotel which includes the sound of moving feet in the distance the sound of those you did not knock out chasing
1: I'm screaming Korra's name and gesturing at her to come through whatever see-through barriers on her side. That's a 16 on my end.
0: You rise from the despair as you see your ally on the other side of this barrier. You are correct. This is the dream. What you experienced was real. The competition is real. You need to get out of here. But you don't know how.
1: I pull my fist back and I punch the mirror between Korra and I, hoping if I can't climb through this barrier magically, I will just physically rend it apart.
0: Go ahead and roll an attack.
1: Okay. Uh, 13 to hit.
0: 13 is the exact AC of crystal, glass, and ice. You hit it and you see crack spider through it. We cut back over to Cora. As Dito punches into the surface of the water within this pot, you see it ripples. On your side, it doesn't crack, but there is some sort of reaction to it.
2: Can I see in any of the other pots? Like what's going on?
0: You did not roll high enough on your perception check. Can I splash the water? It's a free action. You press your hand on the water, and it disrupts the surface you feel it go through. You see it go through, and it's like you're splashing and disrupting the reflection.
2: I splash the water, try and like reach into Dito, but seeing that that doesn't work, I kind of turn back around and um, attack my mom again with uh, the sickle, this time with radiant damage.
0: You rush forward, the sickle now glowing with a beautiful, brilliant white light in contrast to the necrotic, wisping smoke that comes off of it normally. Uh, Go ahead and give me an attack.
2: I rolled a nat 1, so if
0: I could re-roll it, that would be dope. (laughs) Unfortunately, you cannot. But as you swing out and your mother dodges it, you do see legitimate fear in her eyes at the radiant light. Cool.
2: And then I'm going to use cutting words, um... Use one of my bardics to cast Cutting Words so that she has disadvantage on her next turn towards me. Sorry, so it's not disadvantage, uh, but I can subtract a roll from their die.
0: Okay, and split screen again. This creature is going to swing out at you, Cora. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: What did you roll? It was a two. Well, you subtract two from the... 16 that they rolled, making it a 14. Does that hit? Wowie, no it doesn't. That's awesome. Oh my god. Okay, she lurches for you and you, sl- you literally have to roll out of the way. She crashes into the sink. She cracks the sink and it spills forward. Dito, you lose connection with Cora. The reflection of hers disappears. You do see the other images shifting, but Cora's is gone for now at least.
2: As a bonus action, I can give myself uh, advantage on my next attack roll with
0: steady aim. Okay. You dodge out of the way of your mother, grip your blade and prepare for your next attack. And Dito, as you are banging on this glass surface and screaming, you hear the door open and two of these shadowy monstrous mob members rushing in. They heard you, you were not being stealthy. Unfortunately, they're gonna make attacks against you. My God, a natural four and then a 16 to hit.
1: Uh, yes, that's my AC.
0: You take nine damage and your strength score is reduced by two. Mm.
1: So my strength score is seven right now. So if my strength score is five, then that's a minus three. That's fine. And (laughs) Dito doesn't even notice a difference.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is, they tackle you away from the mirror and begin to swarm onto you. That is their turn. We go back to Dito at the top of the round. They're all over you, trying to attack you. What do you do?
1: I'm going to cast darkness around myself using one of the warlock-packed spell slots that's been granted to me by the Lord of the Dreams, I settle a heavy blanket of night over the creatures so that I can hopefully put some space between me and them.
0: You channel the darkness of night required for rest and for dreams, and you feel their attacks are no longer on you.
1: If I don't see Korra anymore, and I feel as though the connection point between us has slipped away, I'm interested in escaping the hotel again and i'm going to attempt to move towards the exit again
0: you rush through the darkness you get no opportunity attacks on you as how can a shadow exist in darkness you rush out of the room and you see a number of those shadowy figures collapsed which is kind of unmoving you've your sleep is still in effect nobody has woken them you rush And run up to the glass doors. Give me another perception check.
1: I'm at the main entrance of the hotel now, just running onto the street. That is
0: correct, yeah. You're about to run onto the street. You're, like, pushing on the glass door.
1: Thirteen for my perception.
0: Thirteen. You, again, have that sensation of what when you see your reflection in glass, you see it and you see through it to the other side. But on the other side isn't the city that you are about to enter into. It is the misty images of Korra um, drawing her blade. It it looks like you have found another surface.
1: Yes, I start uh, revolving through the revolving doors, (laughs) trying to slip out (laughs) into Korra's... uh reality
0: it is now back to you cora your mother turns to face you as you draw your blade what would you like to do
2: i'm going to try and lunge at my mom again with the sickle okay
0: go ahead and roll an attack Ooh, not 20 baby Ooh. oh
2: my god i love when you say that it's hot
0: glowing with radiant light, you slash into your mother and it cuts across the thorny shadowy chest of the abomination. And there is an explosion of radiant light. This creature is vulnerable to radiant damage, which means that any attack you do against it is already getting double damage if you deal radiant damage. So you are now gonna deal double, double damage.
2: Whoa. Okay. So
0: roll your nat 20 as if you had just crit. So 2d4 plus, and if you you know use any charges or whatever, and then you can do, in a, and then I will just say double that. 13. There is this blast of radiant light. She is shot back and crashes into the wall behind her. She's looking incredibly hurt. We're talking death door. Whoa. That is your action. I'm going to use my reaction to cast cutting words again. Okay. And just like that, she is going to attack you. That is a natural 16 plus four. What did you roll on your D8? Mm, three. Three. Okay. That only brings it down to a 17. Does that hit? It does. Okay. You take nine damage and your strength score is reduced by one.
2: I'm going to bonus action, steady aim again.
0: You turn and face her as she wheezes against the wall, having uh, swiped out at you as you pull back the first time. We jump back to Dito.
1: I will, as I catch another glance of Korra, I will try and misty step to her through the glass.
0: You disappear and reappear right next to Cora as she faces off against her mother. You turn, Cora, and see Dito appearing next to you.
1: (gasps) Whoa. Having a nice dream? No.
2: (laughs) Help me kill my mom?
1: Uh, sure. (laughs) I will try and Eldritch Blast Cora's mother away from her.
2: You know, she's not my real mom, so it's okay.
1: Okay. I will Eldritch Blast Cora's not real mom. And I have um, two beams at this point in my level progression. Ooh, okay, first roll is a gnat one, so that's an eight.
0: It blasts over her head.
1: Second one is a 15.
0: 15 does hit.
1: That's nine damage, and I push her ten feet back from us.
0: You hurl out this second blast, this sparkling midnight energy that explodes into this twisted version of Alsea, and she is blasted through the wall. Um, and you see, wisp of smoke disappear.
1: Cora, are you all right? Is she dead?
0: You look over, she's gone. Yes, I'm okay. Thank you so much.
1: We have to get out of here. How? We need to find a Konya.
0: Cora, it is actually going to be your turn. Wait, Dito. If you were
2: able to get in here, are we able to get into other people's places?
1: That's why I think we should find a Konya.
2: Don't you think we should try and ambush Arachne?
1: I have a lot of spider nightmares, and I think maybe uh, if we have a team of three, we could <laughs> take
0: that on more easily. Okay, great. Yes, I agree. Let's find her.
1: Uh, start looking in reflective surfaces, I guess.
0: All right, I mean, technically, let's say you guys are acting on the same initiative. Both of you give me perception checks. Back in the practice room.
1: 14.
0: Another nat one. You guys rush up the stairs. I'm going to just say another round gets burned as you try and find a reflective surface, but Cora is correct. You can go to the practice room and by the next round you do turn the corner and see the light coming through the open doorway, the massive hole in the ground before it. It is now your turn. You guys rush over into the practice room. You have to like leap across the gap. Both of you guys give me acrobatics checks. You're feeling weaker, this drained strength now having an effect on your ability to just even leap.
1: I will misty step again, given that I am feeling uh, so weak.
0: Okay, you and then reappear inside the practice room. Cora, what'd you get?
2: I got a... 11.
0: Okay. Cora, you leap across this gap. Your foot catches it, and you slam into the ground. You're just gonna take some damage. Mm -hmm. Six points of damage. You're both in this room. Cora, you straining pull yourself off you feel weaker it's like you have the flu or something you feel so awful but the two of you look up into this mirror you can give me another perception check
1: can i detect magic
0: you feel an intense amount of conjuration and um divination magic coming from these mirrors so magic that has to do with like you know going between spaces and magic that seems to be kind of viewing from a distance, like divination magic. I
1: got a 19 perception check.
0: I
2: got a nine.
0: Nine. Cora. there's a lot of different images swirling in here. You're just feeling really woozy, especially after falling. But Dito, with a 19, I'll tell you, you indeed see Ikonia as she is fending off an attack from whoever this executive is now like transformed into this horrible shadowy monster it looks like she's finally figured out what's going on but she is absolutely being um, beaten by it it grabs her and slams her up against the wall and she she's gasping and there's like these shadowy tendrils like crawling up her skin you also see arachne who is seems like she has caught on as well and she's using her weaving to kind of wrap up whoever comes near her continuing her work um trying to bind this horrible like perversion of this goddess Athena now attacking her and um again you see two other kind of swirling misty scenes I'll give you a choice you can either look at the one that is kind of a total mystery to you or you can look at the one where you see, potentially, Paula.
1: I will look at the one that is a total mystery.
0: You look at the shifting images um, reflected through this strange mirror portal and see a dark sky, a bright moon, a grassy hill leading to this twisted old tree at the foot of a massive mountain. Dark wood, thorny and dry, like a bristlecone pine, its ancient branches reach towards the heavens. Wind whistles through them, and your eyes follow the withered trunk where you see, at its roots, an unmarked burial mound.
1: I try to peer more closely at the mound.
0: You press into the mirror. Um, You can give me a wisdom um, saving throw.
1: That's a 12 on my wisdom saving throw.
0: You peer towards the mound. You do feel that this barrier is solid to you. You're not able to push through it. But you draw Cora's attention to it, and Cora, give me an insight check.
2: 27.
0: Cora, this horrible sinking feeling, this deja vu dread begins to fill you.
2: Can I look closely?
0: Give me a wisdom saving throw. A 13. 13? You feel the surface. You can't push through, but there's just something familiar about this. And I'll tell you both that outside of any of these images, you both perceive a final sort of shifting in the mirror. It looks like the main stage.
1: What is that?
2: I don't know. It seems familiar. Can I do another, um... Can I do another perception check? Can I use an action to do so? Another
0: round goes by. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's your turn again. You can do what you'd like.
2: Can I use a, can I cast a healing word on myself and then also do another perception check?
0: Yeah, sure. Go ahead and roll your healing. It's 10.
2: Okay, so I'm going to use my action to appear closer. 22.
0: I will let you know, and you can make a choice based on your joint initiative what you guys would like to do. It seems like if you can force your way through one of these surfaces, you can enter into one of these scenes that might require you to destroy the surface that might require you to use some sort of magic to move through it. But that with the perception check you get, this scene is familiar to you, Korra, but in a way that it is, it is you have not seen this before. You have not been here before, but it's almost like you feel it in your bones that you know it. And you also see the main stage, which I'll say that with that Hiva perception check, you think that you could return to the main stage and end this challenge for you.
1: I don't think I care about the main stage right now. Neither
2: do I. Should we try and go through? Do you want to help Aconia?
1: I need to see this. Can I try and um, shocking grasp the surface between... Uh, me and the mound Um, maybe try and like shatter it with lightning
0: yeah go ahead and roll your attack
1: that's a 13
0: 13 is the ac of glass my friend
1: incredible
0: (laughs) (laughs) go ahead and roll damage
1: (laughs) 14 damage
0: you punch through the glass and you see beyond it the grassy hill. You see the tree rising above. You see the burial mound. Um, and i will also say that cracks spider through the rest of the mirror um, uh, and seeing that you can kind of weaken them. It's yes. not completely destroyed, but you think that you could go through to this mound.
1: Yes, I start stumbling through um, wanting to see so desperately what this could be that we're being shown.
0: Tearing through the glass you push on uh, and make a hole big enough for you guys to push into. Cora, do you follow?
2: Yes, and I um, use the sickle to, like, break some more glass.
0: (laughs) You break some more glass. Uh, Cora, you know what? Uh, Since you're doing that, give me another perception check with advantage. 21. A 21 is good, but you still can't make out what Paulo's challenge is.
1: Uh, I would like to give Cora a bardic on trying to see through Palos.
0: As you're stepping through Dito, Cora grabs your arm and holds you as she tries to peer into the mirror and you help her. Nice. I rolled a six. So 27. 27. (gasps) Tell me!
2: Tell me what I see!
0: You pull Dito back and see as the cracks begin to spider through it Apollo, covered in golden ichor, standing in what appears to be a chamber in the Memosine Manor. Whatever the reflection is, you can't make out what's gone on, but you see golden blood smeared across his face. And you see he looks up at you and then looks over at another surface that leads to another place. And he walks over to it and steps through. And as the mirror continues to crack, you see that Paolo steps out onto the main stage.
1: I glance back but barely care that I see Paolo winning because this is so not right now about winning the competition. And I want to see what this, like, either a clue that one of the muses has planted for us to find or something that we weren't supposed to find in this mound. Exactly, yeah.
0: Cora, you look at Dito, and Dito, with a resolved look in your eye, you pull Cora through the hole, and the two of you walk out onto this grassy hill. The night sky above, the sound of wind rustling through this massive bristlecone pine tree. You approach the mound cautiously. What do you do?
2: I put my hand on the mound? and see like give a general perception check to see or an insight check to see if there's any kind of indication of what this could be
0: it is indeed a burial mound but there's only one way to find out who's buried underneath it all
1: first I stand and I'd like to kind of look out over what this grassy hill looks over like what vista is beyond this mound
0: the hill's Go towards these vast mountains that strike you as similar to the mountain which Memesine Manor sits upon. Around you, there does seem to be a forest in the distance. This tree itself, I describe it as a bristlecone pine, but it's not of that genus. It is just like this ancient withered tree that is seemingly dead.
1: May I once again uh, detect magic on this tree?
0: You detect magic and get this strange sort of necromancy emanating from it.
1: Let's, let's dig, sorry to whoever this is. And I just sink to my knees and with literally no magical ability, uh, I just start digging with my hands.
2: I think Cora feels very uneasy and just doesn't know what to do. So she lets Dito dig
0: with your weakened strength score, it takes some time. Rounds begin to pass as you pull dirt away. Cora, you just look at this scene and-
1: I'll have my mage hand help me too.
0: Wait, wait should- it, What if we're not supposed to take this up? Until finally you clear some dirt away and you see the head of a young man. Blondish hair, but withered, long dead. Who is that? And as you look at it, you see that tears are stained upon its cheeks. Cora, you look at this face. It looks so familiar.
1: What is that? Who is that? Uh, this is some fucked up graveyard. I don't know. I don't know what this is. I take my hands off of this man's head.
2: I think Cora has such a bad scary feeling and
0: she's kind of stunned suddenly the eyes open wide and you see these burning orange irises staring up at you
1: are you are you alive
0: it opens its mouth but severed at the neck it can make no noise
1: can I message the head what do you say we're sorry to disturb you. We need to know who you are and why you're here and why we're here.
0: You hear a raspy voice in your mind. I just wanted to play her a song one more time. Who? My love.
2: What is it saying?
0: What was
1: the song?
5: I don't remember. It's been so long.
1: Who was your love? Eurydice. Tito, what's he saying? I, uh, I think this is Orpheus?
2: I think Cora recognizes this name, but doesn't doesn't fully understand or 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 remember where she heard it, and she feels a little terrified, and so she walks backwards slowly.
0: Dito, you see Cora backing towards, um, backing up, and you look towards her and see the crack in reality from which you guys have entered. I think we have to go. Were
1: you a contestant in Musemakers? I ask this head.
5: No, no.
1: Who put you here?
5: I was killed, torn apart from my failure.
1: What did you fail at?
5: My love died and I couldn't get her back.
1: Do you know someone named Paolo? No. Then I'm sorry. I don't know if you can help me. And I um, place his head back in the grave and um, say, "I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to have disturbed you." And start um, piling the dirt back.
0: You pile the dirt back upon this head as you see its eyes still looking up through the dirt. As you finally finish covering it, you stand and turn and see Cora as she. Um, backs towards the crack kind of feeling backwards and begins to move through it can I do a
2: check to like try and remember if where I know this name from
0: yeah give me a history check oh my god Uh, I rolled a two you've heard your mother say it but you didn't hear anything you don't remember hearing in what context or why Dito I think we
1: should go Yes, let's. I um, am going to try and make it back to the main stage.
0: The two of you rush away from this horrible scene back into the practice room where you see the cracks that have spidered through the mirror have continued to spread. You press your hands up against it. What do you do to go through?
1: I'll miss you step again.
0: You disappear and reappear on the main stage. Cora? Cora jumps back through into the practice
2: room has this pulling towards the head. It feels like her heart is pulling towards it. And she points and messages the head. Do you know me?
5: You look just like her. Eurydice? Yes. I'm sorry. You see the cracks
0: continuing to spread, pieces of the mirror falling away now. I
2: snap back into it and thunder wave through the mirror to get to the
0: main stage. You <laughs> shatter the mirror and leap through towards the last image of the main stage and <laughs> you find yourself again standing there right next to Dito and Paolo and Arachne. Iconia having not made it through. Melpomene stands as the other muses look upon you. There is no cheering from the crowd, only silence. You see, out of all of them, Calliope looks the most distraught. Tears are streaming from her orange eyes, and she looks away from Melpomene as she speaks. Tragedy is a part of life. It is unavoidable, and regardless of circumstance, it is merciless some say tragedy defines us but that is not entirely the case she looks to arado who looks back at her with a teary-eyed smile love defines us how we react and move through tragedy defines us something only truly possible with love support and community and she looks to you dido and you cora art can be grief art can be traumatic But above all, it can be a way of processing and expressing the pain of existence. Beauty arising from its ashes. Together we can learn, grow, and find new reasons to live and create, knowing that tragedy does not invalidate joy. It seems unbelievable, but you can almost see a glimmer of hope in Melpomene's eyes. The audience is quiet, a few sniffs from the crowd, the only indication that they're still there behind the blinding lights. Talia tearing up, Polyhymnia stoic, Terpsichore tight-lipped. You see Cleo, tears streaming down her cheeks as she is being held by Urania. Calliope looks to Melpomene, wiping her tears. Have you determined who the victor is and who we are sending home? Melpomene surveys all of you.
5: Dido, Cora. For coming together and overcoming the horrors which you have faced. You are today's winners.
1: I look at Paolo.
0: Paolo's face is hard, stoic. No reaction can be read. As you are taking this in, you look back at Mopomene. She looks towards the space where Iconia would be, and you watch as appearing and collapsing to the ground. Iconia, disheveled, Pained, hurt. She looks gaunt, pale. Melpomene looks to her.
5: Aconia, I'm sorry. Aconia
0: looks up at her, and looks up at you, Dito, and you, Cora, and Paolo.
1: As I see Aconia about to be eliminated, I step forward and say this is a sham the whole thing's a sham what were you even fighting Paolo
0: Paolo's eyes flick towards you his head unmoving Iconia grabs her hand and goes Dito, it's okay
1: it's not actually nothing is okay here what
0: the hell is going on Melpomene speaks once more
5: some tragedies can't be avoided
0: and she raises a hand and a void opens up behind aconia shepherd's crooks lurch out as she is pulled through reality and away before you can react the crowd erupts in cheers and the narrator's voice booms out even over calliope who doesn't even say her line will our contestants find their place in the universe or will existential dread consume them and leave them for dead We'll find out next time on Newsmakers.
1: I'm yelling into the camera, looking directly into camera, uh, and you can see just see Dito's mouth screaming over and over again, It's a sham! It's not real! <laughs> Hunger Games style.
0: <laughs> and that's where we'll end our episode. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Musemakers, where muses are made. Special thanks to our Eldritch patrons. If you'd like to become an Eldritch patron, go to patreon.com slash try not to die pod. Do you guys have anything you want to say before we tie this one up?
1: I'm plugging hope in the face of despair.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm going to plug too. Email your senators, email your representatives. It's time to take action against what's going on in this world. We need to stand up together and in the face of tragedy, all we have is each other, if that's the one thing you could pull from this episode. I hope that you do. Well said. And thank you once again for listening. And until next time, try not not to die. All hail our Eldritch patrons! Especially Anita, Any Major Dude, Ashley, Becca B, Bugbuds, Colleen, Colin, Ian, Eclair, Ilana, Emily, Grace, Hope, Jacob, James, Jeff, Joey, Kate, Katie, Leo, May, Morgan, Nat, Nicola, Paige, Patrick, Rody, Sahara, and of course our producer Patty, Patrick Braunstetter, and our producer daddies Drew Bailey, Sam Golden, Becca Mount, and Rose Evelyn Campbell. We thank you for these podcasting powers and promise to raise hell in your names. Until next time, try not to die.